This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday Internet-only edition. We, uh, you can listen to Free Talk Live at listen.freetalklive.com. Uh, that's, that may be how you're listening right now, but we have live streams. We have a webcam where you can watch what's going on in the studio. We have uh, listen lines, and you can um, find out all different kinds of ways that you can be listening to Free Talk Live. Tonight, this is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. Uh, yeah, I have an interesting story about tonight's show. Apparently, some uh, like a sort of locally, a little rumor was going around that uh, I kind of maybe jokingly referred to tonight as Gay Talk Live because uh, <laughs> I have a fellow, fellow homosexual Neil here, and uh, and then Stephanie joined us, who uh, who is bisexual, as I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not a secret, right? No, but, well, not now, We're right? Not now. <laughs> oh, you're out. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I, I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and I guess somehow like because I jokingly called it that because uh, because of who's, you know, co-hosting and stuff. Someone got the impression that we were going to talk about all gay issues and things people tonight. make assumptions, right? Yeah, that's that's OK. But but no, we're not. It's not going to it's not gay talk live tonight, believe it or not. So but maybe that's does for lead, another podcast. It does lead into something else I wanted to talk about briefly, which is that there will be a gay talk live. Right. Um, Coming up here soon, probably about a two-hour podcast. That, yeah, that's sort of what we're what we're looking at is about a two-hour podcast. It's not actually going to be called Gay Talk Live, but no, <laughs> <laughs> like a two-hour podcast where we'll talk about um, gay, lesbian, trans issues surrounding the community. Yeah, from a liberty perspective. Okay. So I love it'll be this a new idea. Podcast. By the way, it's that it just sounds so cool. I think uh, you guys will have a lot to talk about. I think it'll be fun. It should be a lot of fun. I mean, there's, there's there's enough material, I think, of stuff going on all over the country that we can we can talk about it. And the, the nice thing about that is you, you'll know going into it that that's what we're talking about. You can listen to it or not if it interests you. So, um, it, it's a paradigm that needs to be broken because uh, uh, so many of my uh, friends who uh, self-identify as gay or GBLT, uh, they make the assumption that the Democratic Party and the liberals are on their side and whatnot. And uh, to come from an anarchist uh, perspective... Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be uh, pretty innovative. And we also need some so, uh, new can, material up here in uh, New Hampshire. I, I, well, you know, on the one hand, it seems very niche. Like, like wow, you're, that's a really niche market of listeners, like really libertarian, especially, you know, some an, you know anarchist, gay, lesbian, transgender. But it's actually, um, well, for one thing, I find a lot of libertarians are interested in those subjects anyway, whether they're gay or not. And, uh, and I think a lot of people would just be interested in it. You know, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people in that community that will listen to anything <laughs> related to it. You know, whether you know. Well, and there's no be, there's no shortage of how you can relate, like the way that the government treats gay people, uh, uh, namely the way that they abuse them. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it sounded kind of negative where I said like they'll listen to anything. What, what, but I think that's uh, that's not so much a reflection on them as much as it is the fact that there's such a that there's still like a big market out there that's not that's unsatisfied, and I think that's what it. That's sort of what it's about. But exactly. You, this it's, is Free Talk Live. You can call in at any time, talk about whatever you like at 603-435-1105. And uh, so please do call in about anything that's on your mind. And if we but, can get some gay anarchists up here, then maybe I can get satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we need some, you know, New Hampshire's becoming, uh, is, is the liberty capital of the world right now. And we do need more gay and lesbian liberty oriented people i'll settle for you know like you know minarchist whatever <laughs> but um so i i figured we would get started tonight there's a, a great story that's um 
this guy has got to be the just <laughs> as embarrassed as you possibly can be. He's gotten the nickname Officer Bubbles. <laughs> Have you heard that? Neil's one who brought this to my attention. The uh, first time I heard it, I thought of uh, Michael Jackson's pet monkey. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bubbles, was it? <laughs> so, I, you know, and I just can't imagine how he can look himself in the mirror right now with all the, this stuff going around. But um, so apparently there's a, fam- a fairly famous, uh, you know, it's one of those. Um, I haven't seen the video yet. I haven't either. But apparently it's gone sort of. What, what's the word for it? Viral. Viral, viral. yes. Mega viral. <laughs> officer Bubbles launches suit against YouTube. This is from the Globe and Mail. There's a Toronto police officer whose stiff upper lip made him an inadvertent YouTube sensation and a symbol of police heavy-handedness at the G20 protests has launched a $1.2 million defamation lawsuit against the website. $1.2 million. Apparently he's really, really had his feelings hurt, so... <laughs> Constable Adam oh Joseph was nicknamed Officer Bubbles after... I can't imagine why he'd have his feelings hurt. You, you can get called all <laughs> sorts of things in high school, and you, you can't sue a high school for $1.2 million. Yeah, but he's a police officer, Neil. His job requires that people respect him. Right? His authority. His authority. Constable, Adams, Constable Adam Joseph was, nick, was nicknamed Officer Bubbles after a video surfaced of him online admonish, admonishing a young protester during the summit for blowing bubbles. The target of Constable Joseph's lawsuit isn't the original video, but a series of cartoons posted on YouTube over the following weeks that depict a policeman resembling the officer engaging in various various acts of police abuse of power. Now, is this the first instance of blowing bubbles being uh, a civil disobedience? Does that qualify? I don't know. It shouldn't be. It better not be the last, though. I think, <laughs> I think we need more of that. <laughs> it says um, in this in his statement of claim, Const- Constable Joseph's alleges the cartoons have subjected him to ridicule and have resulted in threats against himself and his family. No, oh, poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could stop abusing your police power. That'd be yeah. one way to get, you know, in. Yeah, sorry. He also seeks to compel YouTube to reveal the identities of the person who created and posted the cartoon, identified by the moniker the PMO Canada, and the identities of several people who posted comments in response. So now you know how to go look at this video. You can go to user, the user ID, I guess, on this, of the YouTube user ID is the PMO Canada. That's for the cartoon, not the original yeah. video. Oh, okay, though, yeah. yeah. I want to see the original, too, but I bet it's linked. You know, it's probably related to that video. On Friday, his lawyer said the lawsuit was in its preliminary stages, and he was still in discussions with YouTube to resolve it. Quote, this level of ridicule goes beyond what is reasonable, James Zabaris says. The reason we brought the lawsuit is that people have the right to protect themselves against this kind of harassment. What people, is reasonable Cartoons ridicule? getting drawn about you? Seriously, you have you have the you a have cartoon? the right to be not f- to not f- for people not to make fun of you. I a public figure, no less. That right? No, a public figure, no less. You know? Oh, but but you can be subjected to reasonable ridicule. This went beyond reasonable. Uh, okay. One point two million dollars of unreasonability. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, dude, I draw cartoons. I'm getting a little nervous now. <laughs> not really. <laughs> well, there was the wasn't there the cartoon of. Muhammad, you know, that caused all this international controversy because people basically got their feelings hurt about it. International well, drama. Muhammad. And, 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 well, that, I guess at least there, there's a religious conviction about not depicting Muhammad, and I'm sure that's that's that must have been what it was about. Oh yeah, you're not but to I mean, depict, it's, depict Muhammad. It's part of the part of the dogma. Sure, but it's still. Religion. I mean, it's still silly. I mean, it, it's as silly as as 
you're not supposed to make fun of a cop or you're you're not supposed to disrespect a cop. That's sort of an unwritten rule, right? Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, not drawing Muhammad is a written so-called rule in this <laughs> so, religion. Right? It's one of the things. Well, that's the thing that gets me about that is it's it's a rule if you're in that religion. And obviously the people yeah, who are right. depicting Muhammad they're are not, not bound to the they're not Muslim. <laughs> yeah. So. I wish I could opt out of the rule that says, you know, you're not supposed to. And that's that's mm-hmm. a case where they want the rule to apply to everyone. Yeah. Now, let's make this the law. You can't depict Muhammad. Yeah, I'm sure that would be. There would be some people, I'm sure, that would support that. It says that the animations in question depict a policeman identified as A. Joseph arresting various people, including Barack Obama and Santa Claus, and beating up a news photographer while funk music plays in the, bank, in the background. Uh, as of Friday evening, the account that posted the cartoons had been shut down and the videos vanished from the site. The original video shows Constable Josephs and a number of other officers holding a police line near Queen Street West in front of a crowd of protesters when a young woman begins blowing bubbles in front of them. If the bubble touches me, you're going to be arrested for assault, he tells her sternly. (laughs) When she questions him about the warning, he continues to warn her. You want to bait the police. You get that on me or that other officer and it gets in her eyes. It's a detergent. You'll be going into custody. It's a detergent. (laughs) (laughs) The officer became something of a meme for protesters at later demonstrations. In one case, demonstrators blew bubbles in front of Queens Park to protest the mass arrest of the G20. Wow. Yeah, call in at 603-435-1105. The lines are open. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the internet-only Sunday edition. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. You can go to the Free Talk Live website. Go to news.freetalklive.com for updates, uh, Twitter information, and Facebook information about uh, Free Talk Live. You can find out about our the Facebook. I think it's like a fan club for Free Talk Live at the news site, news.freetalklive.com. So at, at various, several points during the show tonight... I want to take advantage of the privilege of having Neil here to talk about some of his like really awesome stories. Oh, take advantage of me, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some really great stories, like growing up and just later life on, on in the life farm. And <laughs> little stuff about the the that kind of sh- sh- uh, a little a little bit of a biography of his path to liberty. I'll share that with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, the, your your a recent story is your TSA experience. Right. Um, I was actually uh, just browsing uh, BBC News, and I was reminded of uh, something I went through just this summer. Um, The news story that I saw was that uh, two women refused to go through airport body scanners in Manchester Airport. This is in the UK. And uh, let's see, this was back in February of this year, and uh, actually March. And in February, they had made it mandatory that you have to go through these body scanners in the UK. Um, I, I've heard people say that the UK is about five five years ahead of the United States in terms of its application of tyranny. Uh, but now the United States so is looking to make these mandatory, about, too. In about five years. 
Yeah, oh, I, it's, it's, man, it's mandatory here now? I, it's, uh, they have submitted a bill for the past three years to make it mandatory, Okay, uh, from what I, I've seen. I, was the say, I didn't think it was mandatory quite yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you'd like to call, call in about the topic we're talking about right now, you can call 603-435-1105 or bring up a new topic. So go ahead, Neil. And so oh, what surprised me uh, is that within the month of these body scanners being mandatory, and I, I checked out how many passengers actually fly through uh, Manchester Airport in the UK as eight more than eighteen million a year. So roughly in that one month that they made those mandatory, one and a half million people went through. And this article said that they are uh, thought to be the first people, first people to refuse the new scanners since they went into effect. And wow. well, this is it's That's illegal, right? I mean, sorry, not illegal, but it's it's mandatory to do. Right? It's mandatory. You can't fly. So this they, is they an act of civil disobedience. Sort uh, of. They were they, sort they, of. Uh, I mean, what, you're not going to go to jail. They're just not going to let you fly, I guess. Right. Uh, one uh, cited religious uh, concerns. The other uh, cited the health concerns. Because uh, this is a new technology. It hasn't really been uh, fully fleshed out. Uh, pardon well. the pun. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know the long-term effects of it. Um, or at least not I don't. the naked truth. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was this uh, this summer that I uh, fly down to Florida to see my family in Sarasota. I go through Tampa International Airport. Uh, I had always seen the body scanners there. They were installed, but never in use. Uh, of course, that doesn't prevent me from yelling to the passengers, hey, you can refuse it. Um, and so this uh, summer on the way back to New Hampshire, it was my first time uh, where they were passing people through. And they were passing the majority of people through these body scanners. And I, I'm just waiting for my turn so that I can refuse it, because thankfully in America, it's uh, you can still refuse it. So I go up there, and uh, he beckons me forth, and I tell him, no, You've already uh, taken enough of my own privacy away. I'm not going to cede any more to you. Uh, and he says, you know, oh, okay. Um, and he, he points to uh, his other TSA officers. We, we got a refusal here. So they open the uh, metal detector line. Did alarms start going off? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was like a Moe's restaurant. Welcome to Moe's. Uh, we got a refusal. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so they put me in the um, metal detector line. And I a witness behind me uh, um, a woman and her two uh, young girls. They must have been five. They look like twins. Um, I, I told her, hey, do you know what this is? And she had no idea what it was. Um, so I, I told her, you know, it one is going to take naked pictures of your children and store them for future use and it also irradiates your body they're body scanners she she was taken aback she had no clue what this could have been um it wasn't her children uh, they weren't her oh. children she said I, i'm i'm taking care of these kids they're not even mine so i i told her you could you can refuse she refused the two people behind her also heard me saying that mm. they refused too and oh yeah awesome you so, troublemaker, so five Neil. people in line the next five people in line refused the body scanners and at that point they just roped it off they shut down the oh body my God. scanner are you kidding me no no that I, is awesome so, so awesome they yeah. didn't see they didn't want to cause a scene i guess i'm guessing that you know let's just stop using them until things calm down and then when these people are out of the way we'll you know maybe they wait maybe we're gonna wait a while and then open they they again. rely oh, on yeah. ignorance Um, for people to go through this and just not question it. And I've gone through something similar before. It it was like a a sniffer. They sniff you for gunpowder residue or or whatnot. And God forbid you go to uh, the range the morning of your flight. Uh, But it looks just like that. So uh, they close that down and uh, they 
because what I was. Would a, what would they say? I wonder if, let's say they did smell gunpowder on it. Let's say you'd been to the range. Right. And you were just, you were firing at the range. Uh, and they smelled gunpowder on you with a sniffer. Is this a, like, is it sort of like the, the handheld um, metal detectors? Well, these are two different but, things, but it, it looks just like the body scanners. You go in there, oh, you raise listen. your, okay. it's not a body scanner, but you raise your arms up and uh, it, it blows a puff of air at you. Wow. I, I, yeah. This is totally new to me. No, yeah, you haven't seen them, but no. I, I I would hate to be in that position. To <laughs> I try to avoid okay. flying just yeah. for all these reasons. I, I've, I'm, yeah. That's just it. It's coming up yeah. on time when I just I'm oh, just yeah. probably going to have to fly, and I don't I don't have to obviously, but I mean it's going to you know my niece's wedding is coming up. Mm. I have mm-hmm. to. I'm probably going to end up going home going to my my hometown uh, earlier than normal because uh, it's early in December and as opposed to normally Christmas time, so. I, I may have to break just break down and fly, but I am so reluctant. It's getting I, so I'm dreading it. Yeah. yeah, I'm so sick of. I just every time I go to the airport, I'm dreading it for weeks before, and then I get there, and I'm just like, oh, I just do not want to do this. So the sniffer, I am intrigued. Um, the sniffer. Let's say you've been to the range that morning, and you do smell like gunpowder. What if you just told him, oh yeah, there's gunpowder on me. I was at the range. Oh, uh, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I wonder what would happen. I mean. You're obviously you it's not illegal it or anything. Well, I just, I'm just, Be the I first can just to try. Imagine, <laughs> I can imagine the crap they would put you through. Well, probably if you mm-hmm. if you didn't tell them, they probably wouldn't find it because they're incompetent most of the time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if the machine, it was just like it, it just. It, it, I picture idiocracy where they have machines that just like set off little, you know, that tell you things and alert and mm-hmm. oh, I was like oh, you know, they're just going to listen to what the machine tells them and then go from there. Mm-hmm. And it pro- and probably I don't know it's probably fairly rare. I don't imagine many people go to the range right before a flight, you know, or something. You know, who knows? But uh, mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how much you like going to the range. Um, well, th- this but- is a, um, you know my my experience. Uh, hopefully, uh, this is the same case at other airports that they just don't want to deal with that many refusals. Try it. I mean, this this is a way to uh, shut down the scanners at your airport. And uh, be aware though, they will put you through um, secondary search. Yeah, and th- this is where I, they fondle you up. They'll uh, run. So if the-, the TSA agent is your type, <laughs> if they're cute, no, oh, gross. I, yeah, that's really. Gross. I I haven't been that. <laughs> How can a TSA agent be anyone's type? No, right? No, no yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Unless you like sadists or sickos. <laughs> yeah, if you had abusive parents and you want to be treated like a child your whole life. Yeah. I, I can only imagine the bedroom with the TSA agent inspecting. <laughs> you could call in and take over the show. Take over the show. Talk about anything you like or continue our discussion about the, the body scanners at the airport at 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about anything you would like to talk about at 603-435-1105. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. Uh, This is Neil's first night, so we're going to try to go easy on him. I am a Free Talk Live virgin. (laughs) It's hard hard to say, but you're not a radio virgin, as you've said. No, that's that's correct. That's why he sounds so incredibly professional and beyond his years. Oh, I thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) I agree. So um, I was going to... uh, have Stephanie tell us a little bit about the Shrine. Yes, indeed. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see all of the beautiful ladies who have sent in their pictures and proven that talk radio is not a male-dominated thing and that women listen to Free Talk Live, too, and that they are loved and appreciated and uh, 
all of that good stuff. And they yes. co-host it. We have a very and they co-host we, sometimes. <laughs> we very much appreciate uh, the, the 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 ladies that have contributed um, as hosts and co-hosts. Stephanie uh, hosts a show once once a month on Sundays, as I do. That's right. Yeah. Um, on a different Sunday, obviously, than me. <laughs> and um, she's also co-hosted a number of times. Actually, yeah, I blame Dale for anyone who's getting sick of me. They can blame Dale because I've been on Friday night, Saturday night, and now Sunday night. Well, so I told you, I have sick. said I am very, I am very picky. Honestly, I'm very picky about who I will, um, co- who I want as my co-host. Um, you know, when I when I am hosting, when when we're hosting, they give us full control of the show. As crazy as that is, <laughs> <laughs> they let us do it the way we want to do it, and uh, so I'm fairly picky about who I have on my co- as my co-host because it affects it affects the show. You know, I want people sure. who can who can carry themselves and be professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I and appreciate just, that well, deal. I'm I have been deal. thoroughly yeah. impressed, frankly. I'm, I'm just going to be honest here. I've been thoroughly impressed when I've heard you on the show. And uh, and you just sound professional. I've heard you on Pork Therapy, uh-huh. and I just think you have an excellent radio voice. You're very professional, oh, uh, Dale, pleasant you're to listen so to. Sweet. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, you know, that how can that, that that can only help the show? So yes, I am very picky. And we love Dale as well. Dale, I think you've been doing such a great job on Friday and tonight. I was really just milking for compliments. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big love fest in the studio. And Neil also. Neil, I just went with my gut. I just had a feeling Neil would be. You had the right feeling. I really did. Oh. But Neil just uh, he's always he's always spoken very clearly and very intelligently and I knew he'd be a good When co-host. he puts out a pork for one it's like epic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I rehearse that. Does it like a pro? <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> so um we were just uh talking about police abuse and I thought this will be this will go nice with officer bubbles. So if you have any police abuse stories we'd love to hear those as well. You can call in at 603-435-1105. Uh, in L.A., this is from the Los Angeles Times, L.A. County Sheriff Lee Baca says deputies would enforce marijuana laws even if Prop 19 passes. Now, Prop 19 is, would, would legalize marijuana if it passes. Well, I, don't, I don't know how likely they consider that to be. The, the feds are uh, still currently enforcing uh, marijuana laws on the medical marijuana in California as well. They are. And, uh, so this and, and they have said they will continue enforcing federal you know, they're going to use this insane business line, doing business between states as an ex, as an excuse to enforce marijuana laws in California. Oh, cal- interstate federal, commerce. Some kind of, yeah, sorry, that's right, interstate commerce. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really bad with words sometimes. <laughs> what the hell am I doing hosting a radio station? I can't remember words. No, it's only political words. You're just blocking out the that, political that, words. That's, that's I think speed. that part of my brain has, like deteriorated <laughs> from lack of use and just it's decaying good on away. you good on you yeah exactly uh, yeah and maybe it's a maybe it's a form of evolution make room for other <laughs> stuff yeah. yeah maybe that part of my brain is like you know figuring out how to you know communicate with aliens telepathically or something <laughs> i don't know so well but the, yeah um, this interstate commerce uh clause has been used to rule that uh as someone growing their uh crops in iowa uh, can affect the prices of the crops in the states that surround it. And they've used the Interstate Commerce Clause as a way to uh, dictate the regulations that the market, 
<laughs> Someone's here in the studio making. Uh, He's making signs. obscene stringer focus, a finger <laughs> stringer, finger stroking uh, gestures at, at Neil and making him turn red and get distracted from his, his subject. But and go, and go if ahead. you'd like to watch us all, you can go to cam. That's right, cam.freetalklive.com if you want to see uh, Dennis's obscene finger gestures. But <laughs> interstate commerce laws. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's their excuse. You right. know, that's the. I mean, it really it's it's obviously just an excuse for for some state just. Uh, for a state to decide whether or not to make a substance illegal, that's what it really comes down to. And then, mm-hmm. so they've and they're um, and California has already made uh, medical marijuana uh, legal. So, and and in fact, this, it's really a different story. The whole fact that the whole idea of the federal government coming in and enforcing marijuana law in states that have that are decriminalizing it in some form or another, but. He is using that as an excuse for for his behavior. This is a local sheriff, though, an L.A. County sheriff. It's Uh, funny how they disobey laws uh, when they like the law or when it makes them money or, you know, gets them extra federal grants or something. Um, But they won't disobey like the the laws that are immoral. Then it's like just doing my job. Right. Well, I mean, it it really all comes down to being arbitrary because this guy says, well, I'm. You know, he sounds like an oath keeper. He's not. I mean, as far as I know, he's not an oath keeper. I'm almost certain he's not. But mm-hmm. he's, you know, it sounds like an oath keeper. I, I, I am not going to obey that because the con- it's unconstitutional. That's his claim. Says Los Angeles County Sheriff Lee Baca said his, his deputy's marijuana enforcement would not change even if Prop 19 did. Proposition 19 is not going to pass, even if it passes. That's a quote from him. <laughs> um, his department polices three-fourths of the county. And uh, he, he was bolstered Friday by an announcement from the Obama administration that they would continue to enforce marijuana laws in California. So even if this passes. Now, so when they do this, when they prosecute, and uh, I've heard of a, a trial that may still be ongoing, uh, but a medical marijuana grower in California, was uh, his trial uh, was moved to, I believe it was Las Vegas, uh, and so that the jury that they get, uh, one would not be familiar with uh, California and California's law, uh, California's laws, uh, but also the defendant was barred from uh, ever mentioning the fact that it's legal in California to grow medical marijuana and that he was uh, authorized <laughs> for it. Completely barred, and wow. I worry to say wow. that. I mean, it'd be a mistrial, and they'd try him again and get a new jury. <laughs> so that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, so this, this guy's. Is, this is where he sounds like a. Well, he sound, sort of sounds like an oath keeper. Sort of for for a moment, he says that the proposition was superseded by federal law, and if passed, would be found unconstitutional. So all of a sudden, this guy cares about the Constitution. <laughs> you know, since when do cops care about the Constitution? Well, since when was the drug ever, war constitutional? Yeah, I mean, this guy's like, oh, I'm just going to ignore it in this case, if, even if it's legal according to state law, because it defies the Constitution. And yet, if you, you you know, if you ever try to bring up that to a police officer, well, you shouldn't do that because it's unconstitutional, and they're like, well, it's not my job to interpret the Constitution. That's, yeah. that's a judge's job or something. <laughs> I'm just do as I do as I'm told. I follow the statutes, you know, the local statutes, and they'll they'll, they'll skirt responsibility until all of a sudden it's like, well, I, he just doesn't like this, so he's going to. All of a sudden, the Constitution matters. Does he get off on this? On on arresting? Oh, of course he. Of course he it, does. This is a power trip for him. <laughs> all of them. Well, I don't want to say all of them. I'm he, sorry. He, he I wants, apologize for that sweeping statement. I don't want to say that all cops enjoy arresting people. But it seems like he wants to well, be his own little fiefdom there. I'm sure there's four or five that don't. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like who's drawn to these positions of power where they get to, uh, you know, try to control other people and like physically dominate them. You know. 
Yeah, absolutely. You but I do believe that. there are quite a few who um, are drawn to the idea of, of sort of, they want to be a hero. They want to be a good person who protects people. That's true. Like, ah, I'm going to go save people. I mean, I think there are, there are a number of people who are drawn to the profession for that. And from what I heard, they get drummed out fairly quickly. Yeah, exactly. Because there's 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 stuff going on in there, and and you can't be a you can't be that. Um, you either change and stop being that way, or or you rise you, to the top. Uh, well, no, no, I'm talking about the people who went there to be to actually be good cops, to be peace officers. Right, and, and if you're not a good to- uh, cop, if you're one of those bad apples, right. you rise. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um, call in with your cop stories or whatever else you would like to talk about on this Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in at 603-435-1105. Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. You can check out wiki.freetalklive.com. It's FTL's 2000 plus page user editable wiki. There's all kinds of stuff about the hosts, about different subjects around Free Talk Live, about technical details around Free Talk Live, and you can create new content and add it to the wiki and share it with other Free Talk Live fans. So we've been talking about Sheriff Lee Baca in L.A. County who has decided that he's going to keep enforcing marijuana prohibition, even if state law makes it legal with Prop 19, which I guess this is due on November 2nd. Do we have another uh, uh, Sheriff Joe on our hands? <laughs> sure. sh- yeah, you mean uh, Arpaio? Joe Arpaio? Arpaio. Yeah, Arpaio. yeah the um, one in uh, around Phoenix who kind of just makes up his own rules and puts the people in the camps out in the blazing sun and... He's wow. actually recently been on tour, from what I understand. He he came to New Hampshire to promote some of the uh, local GOP events. I heard about that. Yeah, he's well, become this like re- Republican on. icon for some reason. The well, the Republicans Republicans love <laughs> liberty rhetoric, but they're like incredibly authoritarian. Uh, well, I don't want to say they are. I mean, I think actually a lot of the vo- sort of voting public of re- the a vo- sort of a a chunk of the voting block of Republicans are probably actually. You know, people who want small government and less intrusive government. Mm-hmm. Then and, there's like law and order. And then there's too. yeah, there's the, yeah. well, there's a law and order attitude. I think that that, that certainly seems to pervade the political ranks, the really politically active folks uh, mm-hmm. that are that are active through the Republican Party. Certainly, well, if you listen to all the rhetoric coming out of it, you'll hear liberty, 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 freedom, less taxes, and then more police, more bigger military. You know, the the biggest spending that the that the government spends is on military not to mention how much it you know how much economic harm it does around the world which affects us and impacts us and absolutely all, all the, that these know. law and order types are uh, just parishioners of the state religion and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so uh flanked by other point uh, other opponents of this measure including los angeles district attorney steve cooley he made a colorful assault on marijuana use and sales and uh they asked him they asked Sheriff Lee Baca, if he'd ever used marijuana himself, and he was like, hell no. He said, legalizing marijuana would have far-reaching repercussions, including increasing the cost of drug rehabilitation, causing traffic accidents, prompting labor disputes, 
with employees getting high on the job and providing a safe cover for drug cartels selling harder narcotics. Shouldn't he be calling for the arrest of uh, all these uh, top politicians who have admitted to uh, uh, smoking marijuana? I oh, mean, I'm sure there's a, yeah. a, sta- there's a statute of limitations. <laughs> and yeah. I wonder what would happen if you asked him, uh, hey, did you ever take a sip of alcohol before you were 21 years old? Could oh, he actually I'm sure you would say, hell no. Yeah. I, no, I can't, say, I can't say for sure. Hell obviously. no, I follow the law. <laughs> Yeah. Again, though, he's he's you know he's got all these opinions for why it should stay illegal, but it's not his job to make the law. And he would say that if it were any other time, and if he had a chance to use discretion, if like if he were against a certain law, he could he could choose not to to arrest someone for for something. He has that so called um, power, or, or he could tell his deputies not to to arrest people for something. Yeah, he has the power to to use discretion and not arrest someone, but but. You, you always hear, oh, it's not my job to decide the law. That's just the way the law is, and I just have to enforce it. All of a sudden, you know, all of a, sudden he's a, a law enforcement officer, not a peace officer. But now, there's a, here it is, the law is actually about to change, and he's like, all of a sudden, it's his job to decide whether it's constitutional or not. Well, uh, from what I've heard, uh, can't sheriffs also tell the uh, uh, federal police to stay out of their county? Um, so I'm I, sure they can tell them to. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure the federal police will give them the finger. <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, in theory, you know, they they ought. There's a lot of people certainly think that if you have a local, um, you know, if if you're big on local power versus conglomerated like power at uh, um, over a larger region, it's better to have localized control. More local That's a Republican concept, right? More local control and less federal government and less big big. And in theory, um, you know, a lot of those would say that. That yeah, the local law enforcement ought to protect people from the feds if the feds are overstepping their bounds. But that's such a pipe dream. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, sometimes that's called like states' rights. But if you think about that term, states' rights, like yeah, how can an abstract thing have rights? Right. Like, uh, yeah. How can you know? Well, and certainly, how can any kind of group have rights that any individual doesn't have? Where does where yeah. does that group get the rights if none of the individuals have the rights? And yeah, it, it gets into. A lot of that applies to government in general, right? Yeah, you would think so, but they really don't. They don't really philosophize too deeply when they do these. When they form these governments, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. at at one point, at one point in time, it seems like people did. Certainly, the big minds, you know, the the founding fathers, and they certainly seemed to put a lot of thought into all the things they were afraid might happen if if the government got big and everything, and they. Uh, and it didn't work, (laughs) but but they put a lot of loopholes in that that for themselves too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, and then you end up with people like this guy. <laughs> well, and he says California's laws for personal use are already lenient. If you have a need for an ounce or less, then use your marijuana, but use it privately. He said, "If you want to do a joint in your house, do it. Leave the rest of us alone. Just stay um, in the closet. Leave the rest of us alone." He hmm, said, "It's pers- kind of funny so what that did- he's asking to be left alone." Well, he's saying that their pers- that personal users smoking in their homes are, were already a, a non-priority for police agencies, including his own. His department's target, he said, are the dealers. But uh, and it says Baca came out against the measure early on, joining forces with Senator Dianne Feinstein, Feinstein to to try to defeat it. Polls have shown California voters are split. He said Friday, local law, law enforcement agencies should abide by federal drug laws prohibiting marijuana, even if the state measure passes. Now I haven't read too much into Proposition 19, but uh, would that allow for uh, convenience stores just to uh, sell marijuana? Uh, oh, what kind of retail That's, outlets would that well, who, no, permit? I haven't read it either, so I do not know. I'm sure it's. I'm sure that usually those things 
specify, go into that kind of detail because that's usually that sort of thing has to be worked out before legislators are comfortable voting for or against it. They want to know that kids are going to be carded, you know, their age is going to be checked and things like that. If anyone tries to sell marijuana, they want to, they'll probably want to treat it at least as stringently as alcohol. I'm guessing. So my guess is it, is it spells those things out, but I do not know. If anyone, if anyone, maybe if we have any listeners in California, and if you've been following the Prop 19 call issue, in. yeah, call in and tell us a little more about it. I think it'd be interesting to know. So, um, now while we're talking about police abuse, which I I really, I really enjoy talking about, there's there's a we, we've there's got abundance of it. Yeah, no shortage. Yeah. There's never a shortage of it. There could be a whole. I mean, you could do. You know, Ian has said he could do entire. He could completely have Free Talk Live be just about police abuse stories. Three hours a night, every <laughs> single night, including Sunday nights. Now, now that we have a Sunday show, and you could just fill it up with police abuse stories. And, and there uh, are and blogs never be, certainly never just be dedicated short. to oh, that too. It'd be great for your blood pressure just listening every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Neil, tell us about this. Oh, this story. okay. Well, uh, the title of the story is Video Shows Officer Playing Prank on a Homeless Woman. And this is uh, from KPHO uh, in Phoenix. Uh, more information on the past behavior of a Phoenix police officer charged with second degree murder. Uh, so he's already facing murder charges, which. Uh, I don't know the background of that, but um, this is a surprise to me that uh, a cop facing uh, prosecution, that's a rarity. But um, he, uh, this video reveals him playing what he called a prank on a homeless woman. Did, did he kill someone like right in the courtroom in front of the judge that, that was just like... It, it must have had to have been that. <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to picture like how, how obvious did it have to be that he wasn't able to cover his tracks before he, and get some other police officers to back up his story and all that before it could get that far. But, sorry. Well, in, I sound, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit jaded. Go ahead. In 2005, a Phoenix police officer, Richard Chrisman, and his partner were field training fellow officers when a surveillance video caught them pulling the prank on a homeless woman who was mentally ill. The video at first shows Chrisman as he twirls his police baton in front of the woman, eventually leaning toward her. As two other officers observe the woman... Chrisman and his partner walk to the trunk of their squad car. The video clearly shows Chrisman slip his partner some drug paraphernalia so she could pretend she found it on the woman. Chrisman and his partner later admitted they were just messing with the woman to see how she would respond. Quote, I guess me and all my wisdom thought it would be a good idea. Funny, you know, to play a prank, Chrisman states in a police department internal affairs report. Yeah, it's funny to, to swing your baton around and threaten violence. It's real funny. And to, uh, to destroy... To play a joke on someone who's on someone, his helpless. Handi- his mentally know. handicapped. Yeah. Has a mental disability. The ones who you're supposedly supposed to protect, the most vulnerable people in society. This really this really uh, upsets me. I, 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 it upsets me more than uh, seeing animal abuse, and it's almost the same... Uh, it's got to be the same type of mentality that goes into to uh, finding take some, pleasure. To take advantage of someone or abuse someone who's helpless to defend exactly, themselves. Exactly, yeah. Basically. And this, is, this may be very well why they became cops to begin with. Um, Chrisman and his partner smile as they leave the car. While yeah. she's getting her pat down, uh, we'll continue the Yeah, story. hold on to that. We're going to talk some more about when we get back. You can call in and, and join us on this conversation at 603-435-1105 or talk about something. Uh, talk about what you want at Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. It's a special internet-only uh, edition. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. If you are enjoying tonight's show, and have only maybe you've only discovered Free Talk Live fairly recently, there are actually archives of older shows. You can go back years and listen and catch up on Free Talk Live for free at archives.freetalklive.com. And we were... We were talking, uh, Neil was giving us a, a, a cop story where some cops planted some drugs on a, a, a mentally challenged person. They claimed it was a prank. Uh, it was a just pr- Claiming it was a prank, which I don't buy personally, but that's just my personal <laughs> opinion. They probably um, said that afterwards to make it sound like it was more okay, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. They, well, oh, they were I was caught. just joking. They were caught. That's you, why they said it. You, you know, know when someone does something um, or says something really mean to yeah. you and you get offended and then they're like, oh, well, I was just joking. You can't take a joke. Yeah, they, they were caught. That's what it came down to. Yeah. But uh, we're going to continue with that story in a moment because right now we have a caller. We have Robert from Wisconsin who has, a, has another the cop story for us and callers come first on free talk live you uh you can always call in at 603-435-1105 uh robert from wisconsin how are you you're on the air hey how are you guys tonight good okay um yeah no i i'm just kind of calling in out of the blue i'm kind of glad the story meshes up with what you're talking about uh i had a friend that was recently in the last couple of days driving back from uh he was driving from new mexico to wisconsin and he was uh, he had some marijuana in his vehicle, and he got stopped for speeding in oh, no. Oklahoma. Yeah, and he uh, he also uh, he had a mistake too. He had a handgun with him in the vehicle, and the cops were. I think it was an open sight in the cab of the truck. So he uh, did he have it on a gun rack that. in the back of the car? Uh, was, <laughs> no, I think it was uh, on the seat or in the back seat, probably in a case, but I don't think it's legal to have it within reach and within, have the ammunition also within reach. But uh, so he ended up searching the vehicle, and he found what he had with him. And But the officer also had a canine unit with him. But what he ended up doing, he told him, like, since he had a dog with him, he wanted to see if his dog could signal onto the marijuana with the other dog in the vehicle. Now, did so he give, he, at any point, permission to search? I was wondering that, too. Yes, he did. He, he like my friend, he didn't have the best sense of uh, what to do when he got pulled over. It's an it's a intimidating situation. Well, you know, you know? Yeah. some people, depending on what source you use, some people have been told that it's best to go ahead and tell the officer they can search, and I guess they're hoping that, yeah. oh, maybe he won't, because he, he won't. Obviously, I'm not hiding I anything if I say it's okay, hide. right? And so he won't. Yeah, maybe... if he had any <laughs> narcotics, uh, heroin, meth, uh, cocaine, pills, but he didn't say marijuana. So he said no. And then he proceeded to search the vehicle. But uh, he ended up just uh, letting him go on it. And really? he, yeah, he took, he had a quarter pound with him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy crap. And he let him, he let yeah. him go with a quarter pound? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, uh, okay, wrong. you know, that's, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Well, did he, he leave but, with uh, an eighth? Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was gonna, well, yeah, I was going to say well, the he, only thing he, that sucks about it is losing a quarter pound of marijuana, but it's was, not as bad as I'm going sure to jail. The officer was committed to destroying the evidence one joint at a time. Yeah, so we have to burn this evidence very, very slowly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he was relatively bummed, but he was. I mean, you can't really ask for anything better in that situation. I mean, it could have. Yeah, been, you know what? I, I'm. There, there's rumors. There are rumors of, and I'm not going to repeat like who it is or what's going on because I, it, I have no idea how valid the rumors are. But there are rumors that a particular cop in in the city where I live in in the Keene area 
is uh, yeah. a dealer and that he deals out of his car. I don't know what he did. De- I can't remember out of if his it was cop a car? marijuana dealer or what. <laughs> uh, yeah, that he deals out. Of- but no, I mean, it would not surprise me at all. You know, a, you know, a cop finds that much marijuana and it's like, cha-ching. You know, oh, yeah, yeah no, you can he, go. It's okay. I'm going to have to destroy this. And but, he fills uh, out the... Go. He feels- oh, he thought it was some really good stuff. Like, uh- like, oh, <laughs> really good stuff. like Wow. <laughs> Well, you know they're trained to be able to tell that kind of thing. It's important. In the, it's important yeah. that for their for the drug war that they understand the good stuff and the crappy stuff. But it wasn't really even. It was some no, I... stuff that probably came over from Mexico. It was some really cheap stuff. Brickweed. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, the one who fills a... out the police report, so you know he can he can find uh, a quarter pound, and then he can say that he found nothing or he found an eighth. Oh sure. Yeah. Well, was... he has to if he lets the guy go. I'm yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah, presumably he's going to destroy it. I mean, I, I, I have heard a story about, um, I, knew, I, I have friends who got caught at a park. Uh, this, wasn't in, this wasn't in New Hampshire, actually. I'm not going to say where it was, but they got caught in a park um, smoking. And um, smoking actually, pot? I think, what, no, they weren't caught smoking. I'm sorry. They were, but they were red-eyed. They'd just gotten done smoking, and they had pot on them. Uh-huh. And they're walking back, and a cop you know, challenges them, and they didn't handle themselves very well either. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's really hard when you're in that, that tense situation. They didn't handle themselves well either. And they let him, they, you know, ultimately someone, I think one of them actually admitted, yes, I have pot on me. And, and he made him throw it away, like in front of him, like throw it in the garbage can. So, you know, by doing that, he's, he's at least doesn't look like he's trying to keep the pot for himself. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you have to throw that away yourselves. Like throw that in that garbage can right there, you know, and presumably it's gone. Right. You know. But uh, and I think they came back later and tried to fish it out. I was gonna ask. <laughs> but, uh, I don't and I don't know. And I know they couldn't get it. They didn't get it. But I think they. I think it's probably because they dumped it out. I'm sure he didn't let them just throw the bag. You know, the 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 uh, the enclosed bag, the uh-huh. sealed the sealed bag in, so they could just they would just come back later and get like it. Right? He probably made them dump it out. You know, yeah. into nasty garbage. But they still tried to come back and get it. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping that. Go ahead. You know, I had other friends that were stopped by a uh, state patrol in uh, Tennessee, and the cop just made them throw their pipe and bag into the woods and let them go with that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like made them chuck it into the woods and told them to get the hell out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's it's happened here in uh, Manchester. Uh, uh, well, not here in Manchester. We're in Keene, but I live in Manchester, and uh, uh, during mm-hmm. one of the 420s, you know, it's it's a great opportunity to, to speak to some of the local cannabis culture participants i guess you could say and uh they were regaling us with tales of and admittedly you know they they don't know their rights uh they, they weren't aware of their rights uh with officers but thankfully they said oh, just throw it in the storm drain and uh <laughs> i mean that's still a waste of you know something that they purchase but at least they're not going to jail i guess you can look on the bright side Oh, yeah. it's a really nice piece, though. Is it hand blown? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I seriously, yeah. that's that's their property. They had a yeah. name for it. Too. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what was the name? I I forget what the name, but um, uh, mine's called Bangladesh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, you know what that reminds me of? When um, there was someone here who actually about a year ago got arrested at Pumpkin Fest last year. Uh, for doing a civil disobedient marijuana smoking in public. And at his uh, trial, I remember he, at the very end of his sentencing, asked for his property back. 
Uh, that's nice. bold. I love that. It's that a nice so statement. Great. I mean, it, it did nothing major came of that. They just said no, right? Like, no. The judge said, "I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna make sure to have this destroyed." Okay, <laughs> but it yeah. was. But it was great that that statement was on video. Oh yeah, that's just awesome. That's, you that's know? the kind of thing that's that inspiring. Should, that should go viral. <laughs> it really should. I mean, I'm yeah. kind of surprised that it that it didn't go more viral than it than it did. That should be like at least hundreds of thousands of viewers, and it seems like to me. But I well, guess I'm bad that, at predicting what makes a video go viral. <laughs> was a, there was bubbles. A, like bubbles a, yeah. are a key element. Bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> well, not only is that is that kind of thing bold and funny and inspirational, but it also exposes like what actually happened. Like, hey, if somebody else, if you were in a park and somebody else took a piece of your property, that's stealing. But if somebody in a blue costume takes your property, that's <laughs> confiscating that's evidence. evidence. Yeah, right? they have. They, they just change the names for all the crimes so that when they do it. It, it's okay yeah you know it's a crime if you if if most people do it if the normal people do it if the serfs do it but if they do it it's okay so they just call it something else so robert did you have anything else you wanted to bring up tonight um no that was uh i think you covered it pretty well Thank all you. right robert thanks for calling in have a good night yeah thanks. you can call in yourself at 603-435-1105 plenty of uh there's no wait if you'd like to call in and tell us about your cop story or about something else that's on your mind this is free talk live you get to control the show. Neil, tell us more about this story. Yes. Yeah, so uh, to continue to recap, uh, uh, this cop uh, who also is being charged with second degree murder um, uh, planted on a homeless, uh, uh, mentally ill woman a crack pipe and thought it was fun. Smile as as they leave the car. And uh, he claims it was a good idea that, awesome. that he thought it'd be a good idea. All right, idea. guys. We'll be right back. And Neil will continue. Free Talk Live. You're listening to the internet-only edition of Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And you can visit bbs.freetalklive.com and talk to lots of other listeners on our online forum. And uh, there's some really really popular sites on there like the... Best breasts or something like that. It's like one of the most popular. Number one. Uh, in fact, if you search Google for best breasts, that's that, the number one That's what result. comes up. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. So yeah, bbs.freetalklive.com. <laughs> You'll find some like intellectual giants there that will actually boggle <laughs> your mind with their in, with their knowledge of very... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's fun. Just just go there and have fun. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? So um, Neil, well, you got cut off. I told you. Okay, start your story back up, Neil. And then the break came in. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, to briefly recap, this officer is already being uh, charged with second degree murder. Um, and this is a video that they discovered in investigating him back in 2005, where uh, he and another officer uh, plant a crack pipe on a homeless, mentally ill uh, woman. Um, and so it, his defense is, quote, I guess me and all and all my wisdom thought it would be a good idea. Funny, you know, to play a prank. That's an uh, internal affairs report. So uh, Chrisman and his partner... Because they were caught. Yep. So uh, after um, uh, having the crack pipe on them, ready to plant, Chrisman and his partner smile as they leave the car. The female officer approaches the woman from behind to search her. While she's patting her down, she reaches behind her back and Chrisman hands her the paraphernalia. The female officer at first looks down the back of the woman's dress. Next, she reaches down the back of the woman's dress as if retrieving something. 
She pulls out the paraphernalia and shows the woman pretending that she just found it. Kind of like, you know, pulling a nickel out but, uh, behind the ear, you know? <laughs> Except it's always good really for a evil. laugh. Except, <laughs> <laughs> uh, police arrested the woman on a warrant that day but did not charge her with possession. Chrisman was suspended for one day without pay as a consequence. Oh, poor Chrisman. Mm. Uh, well, she didn't get paid. Usually they give him suspension with pay. Yeah, mm. paid vacation. Yeah. I'm sure he still has his uh, pension, too. You know, like for mm. people, I don't know if many people know this, but like the story said that the uh, victim in this case was mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when people have schizophrenia, which maybe she might have had, they can get really paranoid. And it's just cruel to play a trick on them like that. Like they're probably oh, paranoid about the cop. I mean, everybody's probably oh, paranoid yeah. about the Very cops. possible. But especially people who have uh, schizophrenia can get just really paranoid and you're really really messing with their head and well That's even really if they're not cruel. schizophrenic they they might be just prone to panic attacks which is fairly common and i think oh, that sure. might be a societal issue but the fact that and i think that this the statism plays a big part in yeah a lot of people are, are either paranoid or panicky because we're in this rat race which okay. is largely promoted which is largely caused by statism by yeah. this by our intrusive government to just governments take in the uh consequences of uh, finding a crack pipe on you your your whole life. Well, you'd, you'd be a felon. Uh, you could be going to jail for years. Uh, who wouldn't have a panic attack? Uh, who, well, yeah, if you yeah. don't have a panic attack, maybe you are crazy. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, who knows who uh, who has heart trouble, too? You know, they they could get a heart attack because of that. That's kind of a, you know, you, I don't want to get into too much speculation about all these horrible things that can happen if you play a prank on people. But it's true. I mean, you know, you know, you, it's something you have to be very. I, I, you remember the show Fear Factor? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Some of the things they did. I th- you know I think they had some some things happen early on in the show. They had a, a one of their early shows. Someone got scared and ran out of the building and down the street. And they were like, "Oh dear. Uh, yeah, he could have gotten hit by a car or something. He thought a monster was chasing him or something. I can't remember what it was. Oh and, wow. And I'm wow. sure at that point they started they started taking all these other precautions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of that was like they they'd seal the room so that the person couldn't get out when something <laughs> That's scary even happened. More scary. <laughs> see, it was more scary, but I guess it keeps him from running <laughs> down the street and out into traffic or something. But yeah, I mean, I'm all kind of who knows what. I mean, but, for, but certainly for police officers to put a crack pipe on a mentally challenged person is it's just really disturbing. And what was. I mean, was there any other purpose besides to just amuse themselves? Like, did they think that, like, were they practicing or something? I mean... Well, he he was using all his wisdom here. This is his mind <laughs> That's his words, effect. isn't it? Yeah. He actually said, I'm using all my wisdom. Wow, you shouldn't have told us that. You know, oh, It's not a pretty bad, but now it sounds man. even worse. <laughs> so you can call in and talk about anything you like on this internet-only Sunday edition, 603-435-1105. The lines are open. Um, so another story we were going to talk about tonight was this um, scouring of social media sites. Basically, the DHS scoured social media sites during the Obama inauguration for items of interest, whatever that is in their ideas. EFF has released documents that reveal a broad range of targets, including, including Facebook and Twitter, as well as NPR and Daily Costs. Uh, from Computer World, an electronic rights advocacy group, is expressing concern over what it contends was an overly broad surveillance of social networking sites conducted by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in the days leading up to the 2009 inauguration of President Obak Obak Obama. The president, you know who he is. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, <laughs> EFF, recently obtained documents pertaining to the DHS's monitoring of social networking sites through a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit. By the way, EFF... Mm-hmm 
is an awesome organization. I mean, you know, they oh, may yeah. not. I think a lot of people there are pro liberty on many more issues than just kind of internet freedom and uh, and uh, free speech and all that. Um, but certainly for for internet privacy and freedom, they're like top notch. Well, and that's an important thing right now. It's you know they're 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 taking on a bold new issue that's that's important in modern times, right? Yeah, that's so. why they're called the Electronic Frontier because it's like an uncharted kind of thing. Oh, well, I wonder if I subconsciously did that. They're taking on a bold new issue, and it's the you know the boldly frontier, go <laughs> no man final frontier before. electronic the internet. We're going to create entire new world virtual worlds there before long and be living in them. So that might be the final frontier instead of space. Who knows? Well, unless the tubes get clogged, you don't <laughs> want that to have. The documents show that the DHS established a unit called the Social Network Monitoring Center 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 S N M C last year to scour social sites for signs of potential security threats during the presidential inauguration. The sites targeted by the SNMC included predictable ones such as Facebook, Twitter, and MySpace, in addition to more demographically focused sites such as Magenta and Black Planet. Now, I wonder what Magenta... I have I have no idea what that Black is. Black Planet, is that, speci- is that directed toward black I, I, people? I guess or? I'm not Web 2.0 or Web... 3.0 savvy now. Neil, you can conduct some research for us as our uh, <laughs> as our official researcher. It says uh, I, the the top thing that comes up on Google is is magenta.com where Latinos and Latinas meet to chat, discuss, engage. Huh. So that's a Latino. You mean Latin oh, my Latin Oh, right. well, see, my I, I'm not the sp- my people. I only lived in LA for eight years. I couldn't pick up that much Spanish. So <laughs> yeah. Um. And the other one is uh, Black Planet. So the SNMC's other surveillance targets included new sites such as NPR, CNN's iReport, and Daily Cost, a site that specializes in political commentary. Commentary. I think I I tried out iReport and it was buggy as all get out. I you know I had a friend encourage me to post my comics there, and uh, oh my god, it was so buggy. Mm-hmm. I, I, it just was not worth it. <laughs> uh, so that, just my opinion. So. Uh, well, Throughout it, the inauguration. Oh, go ahead. If you want a demonstration of how open Facebook actually is, go to uh, there's a website, openbook.org. You can go in there, uh, put in keywords. You can search almost anyone who has it open for anyone to see their status updates, their lives, their opinions. Uh, yeah. It, it's a, I don't put anything on there unless I – I just assume anything I put there is going to be seen by the whole world exactly. and their mother. Exactly. Uh, call in at 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. You are listening to Free Talk Live, the internet-only Sunday edition, with your hosts, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And uh, this is Dale. You may know me from anarchyinyourhead.com. I'm going to give myself a plug. It's usually Ian gives me a little plug. So You want me to I'm plug gonna... your site, Dale? Yeah, go ahead and plug my site, Stephanie. Dale has an awesome webcomic called Anarchy in Your Head. You can go there to check out his amazing cartoons uh, featuring such... Uh, lovable characters as Anarchitty <laughs> and uh, the trouble with intellectual property tribbles, right? <laughs> the trouble with selling tribbles, I believe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you have a site, Pork Therapy. Yes, it's um, that's my podcast. We talk about relationships from a liberty-oriented perspective. And uh, we're also heard on the Liberty Radio Network at LRN.FM. But uh, if you want to visit my site, go to pork, P-O-R-C therapy.com. Yeah, it's pork as in short for porcupine. So exactly. that you don't think pig pork. 
Yeah. P-O-R-C <laughs> therapy. We should probably com. register that domain too. We haven't gotten around to it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Just in case someone mistypes it and then, then it'll still work. Neil, did you have something to plug? Oh, I was just going to plug your uh, chocolate covered turkey bacon. Chocolate covered turkey bacon. Can people bacon. order that at the uh, site too? Oh, no. Uh, you got to get a web card up. I don't think I want to make that stuff for you. You, you know what, you guys? You're just going to do it without. I don't want to make that stuff all the time. It was fantastic. It's but tedious Dale, to make. It's really healthy. Come on, turkey bacon. It's really bacon it's and chocolate. chocolate and, instead yeah. of milk. And you got right, a it's dark chocolate instead of milk, and it's turkey bacon, so it's really, really mm. healthy. Indeed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, you can check out, uh, if you are interested in listening to Free Talk, there's so many ways you can listen to Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live really bends over backwards to make it accessible to its customers and its listeners. So you can go to m.freetalklive.com and find out how to listen to Free Talk Live on your mobile. I've done that before on a long car drive. I don't have a tape deck or oh. uh, anything, but I just access it on my phone. Play it well, all. And let's hope that you have a lot of minutes if you're yeah. going to do that. I mean, it, you know, I do not hold Free Talk Live responsible if your minutes go over or whatever. You have to work those issues out yourself. But m.freetalklive.com, find out how you can listen to Free Talk Live on your mobile phone. So... Um, when we went to the break, we were talking about DHS scouring social media sites. So uh, let's continue where we left off. Um, some of the regular targets uh, were, I had said, NPR, CNN's iReport, and Daily Costs. Throughout the inauguration period, this is the Obama inauguration period. Apparently, this is when it got really active. Hmm. The SNMC was tasked with looking for items of interest. And that's in quotes because we don't really know what, you know, who knows what they consider items of interest, right? In posts pertaining to events, organizations, and activities. The SNMC was then to conduct an analysis of the data it gathered and create a summary and exception report based on observed trends over and a 24 see how hour it could period. Get them more money and bigger expansion of their bureaucracy, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's always about, right? Yeah. Uh, now, I've heard the. Uh it's a flash video. It was uh, uh, published on Facebook quite quite often. I saw it on my news feed. But, and it, it seems really conspiratorial, but there are allegations out there, and they, they draw connect the dots between some of the um, CIA research companies that they have out there and uh, Facebook's board and some mm. of the technology that goes behind Facebook. And I don't doubt that it is a extremely powerful uh, tool. One, Come on, to, Diaspora, right? Yeah. Uh, I've seen that that comes out on beta. Uh, that has come out so. on beta. I think it, it's. I, I, I'm not. I probably don't. I don't necessarily want to be one of the really early users. I do want to use it, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited. They got so much money to fund it, and hopefully it'll be it'll be good and interesting. So, and if you haven't, you know, just to catch up, listeners, if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, <laughs> Diaspora. That's D I A S P O R A. Is meant to be a free, an open source. Sorry, an open source free alternative to Facebook that would put all the control is at least certainly as much as possible in the hands of users and it would be it would be decentralized so it wouldn't require it would, there wouldn't be a require a central website it would just be everybody running it and they could all connect to each other and do file sharing and do essentially all the things you're doing with Facebook but it would be completely within your control and you could control how much people could see and all of that and and to what extent and so forth so it sounds um Sounds like a great libertarian alternative I don't want to call I don't know that users of it are libertarian they certainly are for more privacy yeah, I mean, uh, the been, creators of it, I mean. But Facebook, uh, it sounds like a libertarian alternative. Facebook has been just uh, getting on my nerves for quite some time now. So I've kind of I've scaled back my use a lot. I mean, I, I always sort of had a policy of, well, you know, don't put personal stuff on there. It's not, you know, it's 
like you said, Dale, assume that everyone in the world and their mother is seeing it and reading it. Right. <laughs> uh, you can call in at 603-435-1105. I think I've been bad about giving the number out early in the segment. But um, again, that number is 603-435-1105. And if you call, you will get through. Un- unlike uh, most radio shows, the calls, uh, you can actually call in to Free Talk, Free Talk Live and get through. So, um, yeah, be, feel free to call about anything you like or to talk more about um, now, do they Facebook say, privacy issues. Do, do they say what uh, the DHS is supposedly finding interesting about these profiles? Well, I'm, I'm about to find out. Hmm. So, um, so the DHS documents make it explicitly clear that the SNMC was prohibited from calling or storing personally identifiable information such as names, email addresses, and IP addresses. Even so, the sheer number of sites targeted for surveillance is of concern, said Jennifer Lynch, a staff attorney with the a staff attorney with the EFF who wrote a blog post about the issue. Especially noteworthy was the agency's targeting of social networks that are oriented toward people of specific ethnicities. We talked about Dienta yeah. di, 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 Mi Gente. Mi Gente. And Mi then Gente, Black which Planet, is um, right? apparently focused toward Latins and Black Planet, which is Black Planet, which I assume is is focused towards black people. It says um that uh uh, specific ethnicities, races, races, or social and political beliefs, she said. The concern really is what were they looking for on those sites. In addition, while the SNMC... Man, why can't I talk tonight? <laughs> while the SNMC was prohibited from collecting personally identifiable information, it isn't immediately clear whether it was allowed to retain information such as usernames, which sometimes can reveal a lot about an individual's real identity, she said. The documents show that the DHS planned on using openly divulged information on social networking sites for future corroboration and trend analysis. So it's not entirely clear whether or not any information that was harvested from social networking or other sites during the inauguration period was deleted permanently after the event or was retained, according to her. Oh, they never delete anything, though. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. I mean, there's so much. It's so easy to store data these days. It's, and they say they're not data identifying. Cheap as dirt. They're not, you know, identifying the IP addresses or anything. But I'm sure they have that somewhere. Otherwise, why would they bother to amass this huge database? I mean, I know I realize that they're probably just doing it to get get grants and like justify their existence and expand their bureaucracies and so forth. But why wouldn't they store that information if they have it? They just don't seem like the type to delete records. This seems to me like another aspect of the Total Information Awareness uh, program. I think it came out shortly after uh, the September 11th attacks and and, uh, so many privacy advocates. You know, it was a backlash. So they realized that the program itself, one, had a terrible name, a big brother name. And two, the the icon for it was a, a I searching all the world oh is this the one where the cable guy was like encouraged to spy on you and would get a reward for like if they found anything suspicious or the electrician or whatever someone who goes into your home i think that's recently within the past uh, year and in fact when the cable guy was in my home i asked him about that he said no i I don't pay any so when you (laughs) when you first said total information awareness campaign my thought was that this was a campaign about educating people about the importance of keeping their information private. But you're saying, in fact, no, this was about... This is a Department of the... Uh, about uh, discovering Homeland information Security. about people. Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, well, I they, think people are becoming a lot more conscientious about their privacy. I've, I, I've gotten to where I use credit cards way, way less. Because yeah. every, you know, every little transaction you do is it gives information about you. I mean, it tells things about you. I mean, That's been and, used to, uh, you know, to provide evidence against, especially in like divorce cases. They'll say, well, this oh, man yeah. was here at this time, and that means, and he bought a bunch of roses, and he didn't give them to his wife, so that means he was cheating on her, you know, things like that. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, and, and not only that, but it can be used as mar- for marketing. I mean, the credit card companies can sell that information and then it's used for marketing purposes and things like that. I mean, it's yeah. not just government intrusion. It's other types of intrusion into your privacy. Oh, you see ads on Facebook uh, and sure, they make a little bit of money off of that. But the uh, big bucks um, come from the trend analysis and mm. uh, the information that you can get from, uh, think of uh how much marketing potential there is to know all the movies, all the books, all the music that's popular amongst uh, primarily college oh, yeah. students. I keep seeing these pop-ups saying that, you know, Bob Jones has just, uh, maybe that was a bad name to pick, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> has just a uh, favorited song, blah, 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 and, and it pops up on my feed. This is uh, Free Talk Live. You can call in at 603-435-1105. the internet-only edition of Free Talk Live. You can call in at any time and talk about whatever you'd like. Callers always have priority. It's 603-435-1105. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. You can also, and aside from a number of ways to listen to the show, you can also watch us here in the studio at cam.freetalklive.com. When you go to cam.freetalklive.com, you can also join the, you can, uh, from that same page, you can join the chat room. You can watch what's going on, and you can listen to a live stream of the audio all at the same time. So uh, in case that uh, doesn't give you enough information overload, you know, you can check out some of those other <laughs> portions of the website I've been talking about earlier. There's lots of free content at freetalklive.com, whereas other radio shows charge for their extra content. It's always free on freetalklive.com. And we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. What's on your mind tonight? Hi. Yeah, this is Ray. Hi, Ray. From Washington. Hey, uh, uh, go ahead, Ray. Okay. Hey, you know, when we're talking about what's going on at the airports and how they check in, I used to fly a couple times a year. Lucky I don't have to do that anymore. I used to have to go from the West Coast to the East Coast a couple times a year. And, you know, and all of this stuff that's going on in the airport to make things safe, if we take a look at the actual number of people that we're losing because of terrorists uh, at airports, it's minimum to hardly any at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, so they got a couple of planes. We learned a valuable lesson as to how they're going to get the planes. Maybe they, you know, hopefully they won't be able to do that again. But when you base it against the national crime statistics of about 16,000 people getting mowed down all over, you know, you sure don't want to live in Oakland, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> or just you know, driving it, a car. I mean, most people yeah. don't realize they're afraid of plane crashes, terrorist attacks, things like that. But they don't look at the fact that, uh, you know, there are hun- tens of thousands of traffic fatalities every year. So it's much more yeah. likely that yeah, that Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. When you're talking motor vehicle, I'm just looking at the statistics alone, okay? So motor vehicles, 43,000, um, well, that's one age, oh, no, all age groups, it's 43,000. Uh, people minus the other people, you know, 43,353 a year mm-hmm. that are taken down there. And mm-hmm. how many are we losing at airports? Yeah, good question. <laughs> you know, and when you think about what really bothers me about a lot of this is when you take a place like, you know, I heard some of you folks say you lived in L.A. down there, and you look at the murder rate in some of those bad neighborhoods and the poor children who are getting mowed down. 
uh, you know, just standing on the street because they were in the way of a drive-by shooting. Uh, uh, a gang violence related to the war on drugs, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, people, yeah don't, the gang... people don't really think about the real risk. You know, they don't really do a risk analysis when they're trying to figure out. You know, it's, it's mostly what, what sorts of things have been sensationalized to be scary, you know. Yeah, I mean, our, our government creates a, a virtual Al Capone with this drug war and could care less about how many people are killed there, but yet they want to take all of this, and it's a lot of money. I mean, you know, as an importer, I bring stuff into the country from foreign countries and stuff, and Homeland Security, the amount of taxes that have been thrown on companies that have bring things into the port through Homeland Security, if you follow that money trail, you'd find that we're getting fleeced quite a bit. And and you don't see what is unseen, which uh, you were speaking about airport uh, security measures. Um, you know, we see the uh, very few benefits that come from that. I mean, uh, you don't uh, see the waste of time, like the cost of all those people's time standing in line. Well, well, uh, think about the detriment that is having on the economy of uh, foreign tourists not coming uh, here because they yeah. don't want to deal with. Uh, it was a couple of years ago. I, I saw it in an airport. I don't recall the name of it, but they were. Um, uh, doing photographs of every uh, tourist that came uh, on a visa to America. You stand in a little booth, and they um, create like a little card for you. How welcoming. Uh, but they, yeah, they take your picture, and they give <laughs> you a number. That's devious. Yeah. Wow. So the airlines are suffering. American tourism is suffering. And that's, that's what you don't see. I know the one person ain't suffering from it. Or the one. It's not a person. That's the funny thing. It's like a giant blob. Remember the movie Blob? Yeah. yeah. That's what government is. It's like a giant blob. And so when it came at this thing, it said, wow, look at this. So we lost a couple thousand people in a couple thousand. Here's a way we can get some more money. Exactly. Money and power and more control. Expand the bureaucracy. Create more government jobs. Destroy more free market, uh, free markets, uh, yeah, market jobs out in the freer economy. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, and not hitting the bulk number. If you're, if you're a businessman like me, and you're looking at the bulk death of things, and I don't want to be crude about it, but I would go after the stuff I could get the most bang for my buck. And if I'm losing 16,000 Americans because they're being mowed down and killing each other and killing people in crime, that's where I would base a majority of my tax money. I'd go after that first. And those crooked cops you got in the beginning, you know, uh, with well, that fortunately. Poor old lady. Fortunately, Ray, I don't think any tax money would need to be spent to address that. I mean, in fact, it could be saved by just eliminating the war on drugs, and then that would also oh. work to decrease the crime and gang violence. Do you, do you agree? Oh, I definitely agree. The war on drugs, I mean, I'm 52 years old. I can tell you when I was a kid down in south, uh, southern New Jersey where I grew up, I live on the West Coast now, I, mean, I can just tell you how they used to beat on us and pound on us down in, you know, I lived down in the Wildwood area, and, and uh, it was just unbelievable. You know, and and it didn't. I thought it was bad then, but then when the '80s came along, and Reagan came in, and he's taking people's boats because somebody found a joint on the boat. I mean, oh, it yeah. just got way out of hand. And uh, you know, it never was. It never was as dangerous as the drug we already had on the market. When I was a kid, used to see the winos. There's a dangerous drug. Those people couldn't even control their lives. They get so hooked to alcohol. You know, and we got this dangerous drug that's so dangerous that, I mean, it really destroys a lot of lives, a lot of families, but yet some people can use it fine, you know? Sure. And if heroin, yeah. if heroin and, and cocaine was such a drag on society or, or so bad for society, 
We'd all be junkies, but we're not. <laughs> We'd all be drunks, but we're not. Some are. Well, there are plenty of people that like you, like you to believe that the only thing keeping you from being a heroin addict is the law. Believe yeah. it or not, yeah, people have self-restraint. Yeah, well, and it's funny. are away from being junkies. It's yeah. funny how pot is not legal, but yet uh, some overwhelming percentage of Americans have tried it at some point in their life. Yeah. You know, it doesn't seem to... And in fact, right now, it's, it's a majority of people think it should be decriminalized to yeah. some degree or another. Yeah. Yeah, well, so. I think if the real people really knew the amount of people were dying over the war on drugs versus the drugs themselves, I mean, you know, I, I, in a lot of ways, so when I look at drugs... I think there's a new drug dealer in town. If you turn on your television at six o'clock and you'll meet them, and, and these guys have got the world, you know, they've got the war on drugs with their hillbilly heroin and oxycotton and I can't sleep, so let's take this, or, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, listen. Yeah. I guess in my way, listen, I'm, and I know there's a lady there, but I'm going to speak into it away. If, if I can't get up and get after her, I don't need it, I guess, huh? That's the way I do. <laughs> and, we, and we see that every night play to us. I mean, when you were kids, did you ever think they'd be advertising Spanish Fly on the television every night? I mean, it's just nuts. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. folks, have a good day. I'm really enjoying your program. Well, thanks for calling thanks in. so much. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that was a great call. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's pretty much preaching to it, the choir here. It's true. <laughs> um, it's true that... that uh, that you know, in the big scheme of things, terrorism is not a, a serious threat to most people. I mean, if you just look at it, and you're, the the things you ought to be worried about are the things that are not as cinematic. You uh, know? I'm losing track of all the things I have to be fearful of. Right. <laughs> of course, you, you need be afraid, be very, very afraid all the time of all these horrible things that could happen to you so that you will rush to government to protect you and hand them your money and, and they can go and look busy. You know, the, the, you know the, I, um, a, a, a term I've become fond of is the security theater. They're exactly. doing security theater, doing all this stuff to look like they're protecting you, and you think you you go you watch the the TSA scanning everybody and running all the bags through and and checking IDs and doing all this. You're like, okay, I'm safe. Like, no, they've actually <laughs> analyzed this stuff. It's not making you safe at all. Yeah, no, you feel safe. We just safe. discussed this Friday sh- on Friday's show. Yeah. all the reasons why the TSA is not making you safer. Mm-hmm. It's it's BS. It's not doing it. Plus, you have the added risk of dying from foot odor. That's not a pleasant way to go. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> oh God, yeah. So um, it says uh, the do- so we were talking about the DHS and how they're scouring social media sites. Uh, and, and, and if anyone again, if anyone if anyone would like to call in, uh, just we the number is six zero five. Excuse me, six zero three four three five eleven zero five. You can talk about this subject or another. The DHS is scouring social media sites like Facebook, and we were talking about privacy issues and how many people are really conscientious of their privacy and the fact that what you're, what you're doing and saying on Facebook or MySpace or a number of other sites is very public and people will use and it's use, information that people can use. Apparently, a lot of what they're doing with it is analyzing trends and looking at, you know, um, not so much a specific fact that you might have posted, but how, you know, look at all the people you interact with and figuring things out from that. So, what networks you uh, uh, oh, follow yeah. through? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, call 603 435 1105 if you'd like to say something and talk about a subject at Free Talk Live.
We are back at Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And you can go to yet more free content on the web for Free Talk Live. Promote.freetalklive.com has various ways that you can help to promote the show and get the ideas of liberty out there to more. There's not enough uh, radio stations talking about liberty. Most of the shows are coming from the right or coming from the left, and those are that is a false dichotomy. That is true. Free Talk Live is about liberty, real liberty. Well, now so, that it's playing in uh, my city of Manchester, I have a reason to turn on the radio now. That's awesome. It's, it's playing here in Kane. It's playing in Manchester. It could be playing near you if someone has decided to broadcast uh, the Liberty Radio Network, LRN.FM. I believe it's that's the, the website. Yes. Yep. That's the website. You and can go there. And it's always playing on the internet. <laughs> and it's always playing on the internet. You can always go to LRN.FM and get the stream of lots of great liberty-oriented shows being broadcast. And one of the best ways that Free Talk Live promotes liberty is to let you, the caller, call in and talk about anything you like. Uh, the callers always have priority. And the number is 603. The number tonight is 603-435-1105. And uh, we were just talking about these, um, the scouring of social social network sites like uh, Facebook is the big one that most people are familiar with, but it's a lot of other ones. And uh, it says that uh, the DHS is monitoring of social networking and other sites. This is from the global. Is that right? Wait, hold on a second. This is from, no, that is not correct. This is from Computer World. The DHS's monitoring of social networking and other sites for information it considers useful is similar to the current actions of several other federal agencies. Documents obtained by the EFF via FOIA requests have previously shed light on how law enforcement agencies and the Internal Revenue Service are taking advantage of publicly posted data on social media sites to ferret out criminals and tax evaders. The U.S. Customs, they, well, yeah, it's important to separate those. Yeah. <laughs> there are criminals and there are tax evaders. The common criminals and, never, and then the ones that... Never how they mean. The dare. <laughs> the people mean. that want to keep their money. Yeah. Yeah. People <laughs> don't want to be stolen from are, are, are tax evaders, apparently. The U.S. Customs and Immigration Services, which are part of the DHS, are using social media sites, social media data for citizenship verification purposes. The FOIA documents... Obtained from the DHS by the EFA, EFF this week, show that the SN too many acronyms, <laughs> too many acronyms, so that the SNMC is also being used to observe the daily life of beneficiaries and petitioners who are suspected of fraudulent activities when applying for U.S. citizenship. Social networking sites give immigration agents an opportunity to identify fraud by monitoring online chatter to see if someone applying for citizenship is, for example, in a valid relationship, quote unquote. With a U.S. citizen wow. or is attempting to deceive the agency. So, to so them, I'm sorry, what's vowed relationship? As long as it's Facebook official, the relationship is Facebook <laughs> official. That's wow. what counts for So INS. you just need to fake it on Facebook. Yeah. You say, oh, honey, are you coming home tonight? I can't wait to see you. And have a couple <laughs> pictures of you. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, have wedding Christmas pictures. Tree. Photoshop them in. Some wedding yeah. pictures and some <laughs> pictures from the honeymoon and, and that amateur porn that you submitted <laughs> and so on. Oh, uh. good grief. So what, what is a what is a valid relationship? I mean, they don't get to say who does or does not get to get married. So how do they get to decide whether a marriage or whatever is valid? I'm sure that's what they're talking about, right? You can marry, marry someone to try and get citizenship, which, by the way, is not black and white. It's not an instant thing. You don't get married and then, oh, now you're... Your spouse right. gets to be a citizen in no time. It's actually a grueling process. It, it's even contingent upon whether or not you've consummated the marriage. That is one of the questions. Oh, um, man. They I ask. thought, see, I had heard somewhere wow. that they, they, that was challenged in court or something, and they could no longer, you know, really? oh, they could no longer right. insist that, you know, 
they can. I, I thought there was they, they can no longer put that, that could no longer be called into contention based on whatever arbitrary things they decided to make it a valid relationship. But I'm well, reading this and it sounds that like that's not like I must have been I must have been mistaken. It's still going to be really intrusive. I mean, if they're they're trying to determine whether you're you know marrying someone with the the their correct intentions. And, uh, you know, they can basically ask you anything you want. They can make you wait. They can make you pay. They can make you show photos. You know, they can make you jump through all kinds of hoops. That's ridiculous. It's, yeah. So, in essence, using MySpace and other like sites is akin to doing an unannounced cyber site visit on petitioners and beneficiaries, the documents noted. Now, so, N- N- Neil, you had a Facebook story. I, some I stuff do. You posted on Facebook that you were a little concerned about for some strange reason. And I, I'm trying to be more protective of uh, of my Facebook and... um you know, I, I'm friends with people I've I've never met on Facebook, um, and I really should adopt a policy that unless I know them, I'm not going to share my personal details with them. But I recently uh, did that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, eliminated all the people I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, that article stated that they're looking for tax evaders, and that, that's interesting because I know there's a Facebook group on um, there for Ed and Lane Brown supporters, and there are hundreds of people on that. And in fact, uh, when I came up here for the Porcupine Freedom Festival one year, there was a group of uh, peeps that went out to um, Ed and Elaine Brown, who are... I was with you. Yes, you were. It's the only time I've ever been to the Browns, and I listened to Mr. Brown rant and never wanted to come back. Oh, crazy guy, crazy guy. But, <laughs> but go ahead. He was, he was standing up on principle, and that's you know why I was interested in seeing him. So I, um, uh, we took pictures. Um, yes. And, and I have a story about that too. Very brief. I was in that picture and I had my pork fest badge on with my full name on showing and visible and readable in the picture. You it was asked, posted on the internet. No, actually you asked. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? You know? I, I think you asked me to actually, uh, Photoshop it out. First. Oh, was that so, your was that your picture? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I didn't care for my like my full name to be plastered no. on this picture personally, but you know, I, at the time I was also more paranoid. At this point, I think it's just kind of funny, you know. I mean, considering you know all the things that I've you know I'm, I'm on Free Talk Live at least once a week, you know, talking about you know, I, and 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 of course, I <laughs> you're talking on the radio, so you just have to assume that this is public information, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. So you know, I'm not going to so say for the record. I did meet <laughs> with tax evaders. Um, <laughs> And uh, so I, I posted that photo on Facebook, and very shortly thereafter, I, I realized this is not <laughs> what not I cool. want. Yeah, not either cool. employer seeing, and I mean, uh, Facebook is so entirely open. Like I mentioned earlier, you can go to openbook.org and just look up almost anyone's status that has it there. But oh, um, and, and and also just count on government people to just jump to all kinds of crazy conclusions. Exactly. You know? I yeah. mean, over over you know, you had your you were at the you were at the Browns, <laughs> and then immediately jumped to all kinds of conclusions about that. Even right. though I neither one of us has ever been back, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure you know they're probably wondering, oh, did he supply them with ammo or fifty caliber oh, and by the, rifles? And, oh, by something. the way, I have no issue with them evading taxes. I really don't. Right. I think that's great. I just yeah. I had I, what I took issue with was their violent rhetoric. Was uh, Mr. Brown's violent rhetoric and, yeah. and all that yep. stuff? I think yeah, that's I can pretty so, and, and I did take serious issue with that. But and he did have certain prejudices too. But the uh, I can admit the only thing that I gave to Ed and Elaine were uh, their sovereignty. I gave them their sovereignty. In fact, on the way. Uh, to their house, I stopped by Burger King, and we. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear the rest yeah. of this. Nice is, segue. This is Neil. really what I wanted to hear about. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead. So professional. Well, so you know, I, I I didn't get a kid's toy or a kids meal or anything, but there were crowns there. They uh, they had a stack of Burger King crowns. 
uh, paper crowns for kids. And in fact, there's um, I looked on the inside of it. There's a, a little Burger King crown game. And on it, I've got it pulled up here. Um, you have it, they have it on the internet. The uh, Laws of the Crown. Uh, and it describes do, 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 a gameplay and advanced play. Um, it, for instance, there can only be one king. The king always gets his or her way. Um, whoever places a crown on his or her head first, then in a loud voice proclaims, I am the king, is from that moment forward in charge. Uh, rule ends if crown is removed, see coup d'etat. Crownings can happen <laughs> anywhere at any time. And I, you can... I'm scrolling down here, and at the very end, it uh, states the laws of the kingdom. You, you, if you're wearing the crown, you have a kingdom. Uh, if you are eating in a Burger King restaurant, your rule extends all the way to the edge of the parking lot. Off restaurant grounds, your rule extends in a radius of 10 feet around you in any direction. You know kids are eating this up. <laughs> but, you know, I, I love this, though, this sort of statement about an individual being, like, everyone gets to be a king, sort of. Right. Sort of, you know, you get to... Everyone is sovereign sort of, the, of the, their the, own sort of person. The notion of you're your sovereign within 10 feet around your body. <laughs> it's like your little bubble of personal space, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. I love it. It's adorable. So, <laughs> so I knew they were facing this threat, and uh, I gave it to them. Well, they just need to show that to the judge. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe someone could send that to the judge. Well, I've got photographic evidence. Well, there you go. Yeah. In fact, they <laughs> had me autograph it, send too. The, send, the, send the crown. And send that off to the judge, and we can get them out of prison, Bingo. out of that federal prison. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. You can call in about anything you like at This is Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And um, we, uh, you can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That will take you to Amazon, and any purchases you make there, a percentage of each sale goes to support FTL. So it's a great way to support FTL without costing you a penny. The products won't cost you any more than they would have normally, but a portion of the sales will help to support FTL. So um, we, we were had- just talking about... Um, Burger We'd, King sovereignty. Exactly, yeah. And, and uh, Ed and Elaine Brown, if, if you're um, not familiar with them, were uh, tax protesters, resistors uh, in New Hampshire. And I, I visited you, uh, Dale, you and I visited them. And so uh, there, there's a really uh, awesome game with a Burger King crown that you are the sovereign within a 10-foot radius. So I thought this, this is going to really benefit them. I, it's not <laughs> a game, Neil. It's very serious. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, as a result, you know, I, I, he asked me to autograph it, and now I have uh, a photographic evidence of him wearing the crown, giving a very stately, regal wave to the king. <laughs> I wonder, do the feds have like a Ziploc baggie with that Burger King crown in it and your, and your uh, signature or your autograph? Oh gosh! I, it, I left him my business card too. And now there's a file too. on you. I, I know, Neil's file, file, guys. Neil's file at the FBI has a Burger King crown with his autograph. <laughs> they had I, to. They had to kind of take it apart so it would fit in the file. Again. I don't know. Maybe you can. They roll up. They maybe fold up or something. <laughs> Uh-oh. Well, actually, I mean, funny enough, like, you know, there are some people who say that they're they're like police departments in New Hampshire who are keeping files called free staters and they've seen them at the police departments and stuff. And they- I, I just I just want to see what's in my file. I'm just curious. Oh, me too. I'm just really, yeah. really curious. Photos. I think it'd be very entertaining. 
all, you know? all the weird organizations I've I've uh, you know joined over time and all Which, the uh, it's kind of presumptuous yeah. to say to say oh I've, that you've got a file but that's sort of the that's sort of the joke right that yeah. you know they'll probably oh, label it might me not as... be a joke but <laughs> you, you know you've made it big when you have a file right no yeah. i don't think you have to make it big that's just it i think yeah. you know there just has to be like the vaguest suspicion that you talked to this one person this one time and i'm sure you know your picture taken with eddie lane brown is enough to get a file i don't yeah. know well i guess i should say i'm sure but you know they, there seem to be an awful lot of bureaucrats that are off they're awfully busy trying to justify their jobs so you know, maybe maybe it's enough. Facebook stalking know. Neil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they'll they'll find on my record between 1994 and 1997, I was a member of the Silly Club in my elementary school. <laughs> I we, remember we were bringing donuts. You know, you I remember bringing donuts. <laughs> I was told we were told we were heading over to Ed and Lane Brown's. You know, and some people are going up there. Do you want to go up and talk to them? And I, and this, the, I was. A fairly clueless about most of the what was going on. I really didn't. I wasn't very educated about the controversy or what you know. And it was quite controversial. Even in even within Liberty circles, there are people again because there was a lot of violent rhetoric and a lot of Liberty people do not like hearing that violent rhetoric. So there's a lot of split even in the Liberty movement about do you support them and if so to what extent you know do you support and and it's really it's complicated right because I support their tax you know I support their tax protest. I don't support the the violent rhetoric, and so it's right. very complicated to try and sh- you know where do I fall and where do I what what are people going to what, what what's it going to mean if people see me supporting them and what are they going to in- uh, interpret about me and and all that stuff. But I just remember I went along and I remember we stopped at Dunkin' Donuts and I thought oh I'll I'll get donuts for us to have there you know we'll share you know share some donuts and I remember bringing them there and like right away my immediate first impression I bring up, I have a box of donuts in my hand and. Oh, and first of all, one thing someone said was, Dale, that's going to, Dale, you know, you can be charged with like supporting, you know, uh, uh, aiding and abetting or something because I guess the feds were trying to cut off their food supply. And so the idea of me bringing some donuts <laughs> there was, was I'm no. trying to help them to, to hold out longer with donuts. <laughs> I'm like, man, that's a, you know, that's a diabetic oh, issue there. But anyway, oh, the sugar will keep you vigilant at yeah, night I while guess. they're guarding the tower. Yeah. And I remember bringing the donuts there and right away, um, you know, uh, Ed takes the donut box from me and he opens up and he inspects it. Like, what's in this box? And you're like, is there explosives in this box? And I was like, oh my god, you know. And uh, he checks it out and then he 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 brings it inside the house and leaves it in there. And really? I was like, he, he didn't even ask you to try one. No, <laughs> I was like, well, that was for us to have yeah. while we're sitting around chatting on your porch. And it was like uh, he brought it into the house and like I guess but I guess people had been like bringing them like food things. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, "Oh, let's have some coffee and donuts and chat." Mm-hmm. No, no, it was the, they were yeah. taken inside. It was like I was like, "Well, that's okay. I didn't want a donut that bad. I just thought that would be kind of a cool social lubricant, you know, some donuts." But wow. <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, his, his kookiness <laughs> kind of extended beyond like like there was oh. paranoia, but then there was like areas where his like he was paranoid about super some things like super much, but not others. And yeah, it was yeah, it was. It was an awkward time. I didn't desire to go back. No, and that. then afterwards I found out how seemingly, I, I, well, I can't even say seemingly, he was anti-Semitic. Oh, uh, yeah. Very much so. Oh, a- yeah. And homophobic. Uh, there oh, there was a letter yeah. of support sent from the Pink Pistols, which is a gay gun rights organization, um, in support, and he just rejected it outright and, and just oh, they, they were trying to be names. supportive? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say they. I was actually involved with them for for quite a while. Oh, yeah. I'm sort of loosely, technically, probably still involved. There's still, um, I, I still host a Pink Pistols store, 
in the, at the Anarchy in Your Head store. You can go to the Anarchy in Your Head store and buy Pink Pistol stuff. It was supposed to be no markup whatsoever. Right? It was supposed mm-hmm. to be just at cost, and I, and I wouldn't make any money on it. Um, so people could just get Pink Pistols paraphernalia, T-shirts, and things like that. And I think that the guy set it up um, did not – I don't think he ever did it. He didn't quite do the prices right. And so I think there is still a slight markup or something. So if you buy something there, I'm sorry. I think I do make like a buck or something. I'll, I'll, I'll um, give bad, you a buck, Dale. Bad guy, yeah. Dale. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm sort of still loosely related to Pink Pistols, even though I don't really shoot anymore. There, re- there really needs to be a um, – I mean, the, there is outright libertarians of – well, of New Hampshire – uh, there is a, uh, a national organization. And I uh, earlier this year during Porkfest we had our Buzz's Big Gay Dance Party. Uh, but well, I mean, I I can't say we because Buzz did all of that. Uh, she put that on. She put so much money into it, and that that was the uh, that was a bump in time. That was so oh. much fun. Were you there, Steph? Oh yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find nearly uh, enough women to dance with, but <laughs> but it was. Well, so I sure as I couldn't find men to dance with. There was oh. so many straight people at that party. All right. I, I know that was the next like Neil and me and Buzz. That and was that's... the straightest gay party I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely the straightest gay party. It was great seeing all the support. There was lots. Of, you know, that's the yeah. cool thing about libertarian circles. I mean, most of my friends and where I live in New Hampshire are straight, and they're really, really amazingly cool. They're like the the most relaxed and laid back, and you know, gay gay and lesbian is not an issue. It's just a non issue. Yeah. No one cares. I mean, it's just not. They don't want to. It, yeah, it doesn't bother anyone, and it's not it's not a non-issue in the sense of like they don't want to talk about it. It's a non-issue, and they don't mind talking about it, yeah. or they don't mind not talking about it. They just it really just doesn't matter. It's like it's I haven't. It's I think just, they could be very. Curious, I hardly too. hit a bump in New Hampshire. Well, they, they need to be more curious, but yeah, not so much. No. But now we're getting back into gay talk live, which we don't want to. <laughs> that's that's no. for another show. Yeah, we, uh, and help us come up with a name for gay talk live. We're, we're, we're brainstorming right now. We're going to start. I, we announced earlier in the show we're going to start a podcast. Um, it's probably going to be a two-hour live show once a week uh, about gay and lesbian issues from a libertarian's perspective. Call in at 603-435-1105 if you have ideas for the name for that show. We're not going to call it Gay Talk Live. That Give was us just a, name. a joke. Us. That was just, we're kidding around. 603-435-1105. This is Free Talk Live. back with Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And uh, you can go to the Free Talk Live website for all, to- all sorts of free content. Localfaq.freetalklive.com will, uh, will, help, will help you find out how you can get us on local talk stations. Maybe you'd like to hear Free Talk Live on a local station in your area. Maybe they've got a crappy show. Or you can hearing. set up your own pirate radio station. You can set up your own station. And um, or you, or you can promote us at other stations, but you can go uh, again. Local local FAQ will answer questions. Local FAQ dot will answer some questions about how you can promote us at your local talk show station and how you can get them to play us instead of whatever crappy shows they're trying to play between seven and ten, <laughs> uh, seven and ten Eastern. So whatever time that is for you. Um, we were just talking about your Burger King sovereignty. 
And, <laughs> and what they're going to find when they look at Neil's record between, what was it, 1997? and 94 and 97. Let's, yeah, I'm sure that's on my FBI file. Was and a, again, you can call us. At, sorry, 603-435-1105. We've got a call, so I'm going to interrupt you right there. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Uh, hello. Hi. How's it going, caller? Well, uh, my name is Des, and I'm currently calling out of New Hampshire. And I was just, because you guys were talking about the whole idea that they're keeping tabs on you with, with Facebook. And really, they've been doing it since, like, childhood, I'm sure. You have your whole elementary school record and uh, on through high school. I'm sure there's plenty there. but Oh, your grades, of, your GPA, well, uh, maybe even the referrals you've gotten. I, I remember I, I got a referral for uh, playing hide-and-seek in high school between teachers' classes. I uh, lied to a substitute teacher, got out on a hall pass, and just ran see, and from that, the the FBI knows you're a troublemaker. They better keep an eye on you for the rest of your life. So, Dennis, if they got a file on you for that, they really are too. They they definitely have too much time on their hands. Sorry, go ahead, Dennis. Well, to say, with the education system, they set it up to have a file on you. They had, uh, when I was in school, uh, they had literally a grade for citizenship. And this was just... Basically, how well you follow the rules. And while I would be like a straight A student and everything else, citizenship, I was lucky if I got a D. Yeah. I, yeah. And so you were smart, but not compliant, right? <laughs> I, was, I was a smart ass, as they kept telling me. As a, <laughs> I even as like a, a great school. Do, like, do you feel like this was this, like a seed of your rebelliousness that led you to being a libertarian in your, in your adult life? And I mean, small, well, yeah, I mean, L, I mean, small L libertarian. I get you know. Would you consider yourself liberty loving or libertarian oriented? Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely would. I am listening to the Sunday show. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the litmus test. <laughs> yeah, really, that really is the the test there. But yeah, no, it's. I would say the the seeds of my rebellion definitely got started there when I ran into the real world, and the real world kept trying to slam me back into place. Mm. Yeah, and I decided no. So what, what kind of things, what kind of things got you? Uh, do you think got you that D? What sort of like specific behaviors? Good question. Like, what do you mean? Got me? Oh, the D. You said you got a uh, D actually, in yeah, citizenship. Um, because that's one thing that I even noticed. I remember noticing then. You get fights; they expect it. Yeah. Um, but if you start arguing with teachers, correcting or teachers. You start yeah, no, I'm not. Or you like say walking away when you're put in detention, <laughs> or just kind of disappearing. Yeah, they don't like that. Mm. Yeah, I I remember when I was a, a kid in elementary school. I I'd mentioned the silly club. Um, we were a group of uh, very eccentric, very ADHD uh, kids that always went against the grain. Uh, we we would even uh, create our own. Well, how much against the grain could you go in elementary school? But uh, <laughs> well, anything but, at all is pretty big deal at that age, you know. I mean, they're giants, you know, yeah. and they have ultimate power over you. So, but but we'd create our own currency, um, silly dollars. That and, blows my mind. And I heard you say this that you made your own currency, and I'm like, this is so, you know, Such this is so free state sticking. project, you know. Yeah. yeah, making your own currency, and, and you're doing it in grammar school. You're IOUs so way ahead of bonds. the curve, Neil. <laughs> Yeah, we'd al- we'd always uh, create uh, big cities out of paper to defy our teachers on our desks and keep them there. But <laughs> you're creating your own worlds. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe we were our own authoritarian rulers over our cities, but 
but it's a sovereign city. It's within 10 feet from uh, what you were talking about earlier. <laughs> exactly. You have your uh, Burger King King hat on. But, so uh, you'd talk back to teachers. Uh, uh, how how was your uh, education, uh, educational career? Uh, did you find it depressing, distressing? Um, did, did it keep you uh, from having that energy to learn? Uh, no, it, it definitely actually dampered it. Um, but you got A's. You got A's. Because yeah, it was but, so easy, I bet. I mean, not to diminish well, Dennis's uh, intelligence, but, you know, sometimes... <laughs> no, sometimes there's... Yeah, certain things are really easy. I think one of the things I even... One time I would even get suspended for, I would be reading under a desk. And this is elementary school. I'm reading under a desk in Michael Crichton book. Yeah. And, <laughs> that yeah, reminds and me of... They... <laughs> Michael <laughs> Crichton in elementary school. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Oh, okay, oh no doubt he's dropped that for some Jurassic of his stuff. Park comes out, and you're like, "Wow, I love dinosaurs!" So you oh yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. a good book. Like, the book wow, is better is really than the movie. Good. So then you go on to Andromeda Strain, and yeah, it just kept going like that. <laughs> There's a lot of liberty themes in there too. He's got some great yeah, liberty themes great. going on oh, yeah. in his books. Yeah, he was seeking out the seeds that were already planted in his mind. I think of a liberty. Now, what kinds of punishment did they subject you to when you were rebellious? Well, see, in elementary school, they keep it to, you know, mostly just trying to domineer you. You know, I'm bigger. What was that, the whole Matilda thing? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm bigger, you're small. I'm smart, you're retarded. I kind of want to rewatch <laughs> Matilda because I, I, I remember watching it at the time when I first watched it. I really wasn't thinking in, of it in terms of all the libertarian themes in there. Uh, you know, adults huh. just totally dominating children in this school, like, in this school setting, you know. Uh, it was. It was really. It's really. It's like. Oh my it god! It used to be a book, didn't it? Like. A yeah, I believe so. And mm-hmm. and and it's the it's these the set the settings they put these kids in are they'd be really scary if they didn't kind of turn it around and make it funny. This, I mean, this, yeah, it, no. was, it was absolute outright abuse of children, but they somehow made it funny. And so I don't know. I, mean, I only saw the movie. I didn't read the book. So. Well, I, I'm glad we're not uh, forced into eating gruel. Uh, at elementary school. <laughs> well, in the movie, whoa, for instance, whoa. they made a kid I, eat. I, uh, I he was eating chocolate cake, and, and he was <laughs> eating chocolate cake. And, and and this evil teacher made him eat like an entire chocolate cake. She made him eat the whole rest of the cake. It was huge. And uh, so he, he he so he did, and he enjoyed it. He was, oh yeah, that was <laughs> that's awesome. quite a punishment. Well, I think that movie was funny because it was like so similar to what people actually experience. I mean, maybe a little bit hyperbolic. But well, like, yeah, of course it was cruel. hyperbolic, but, it, but you know, yeah. As, but it's a movie and it's but supposed to be. everybody could find similarities with it. Yeah, like think of those broccoli that was so overcooked that it was gray. Like that's pretty similar to oh, If you got broccoli, broccoli at all in government school, usually it was just tater tots and then the ketchup counts as a vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a big well, deal. Supposedly the Reagan administration was doing something like that. <laughs> well, no, also another thing I took from it is not only did you have, like, say, the horrible... Uh, I was a schoolmaster or whatever in the school who's doing horrible things to them. But then you have these other uh, adult role models who are just kind of awful, like her parents were in that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really the hard thing is, is trying to find something to pattern after that makes you feel good. That you yeah. think is right. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Oh, uh, no. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. You pretty right. much derailed me with Matilda. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're known to do that, you know. We're Dale wanted to know how it was to be the rebel because Dale was the good kid. He was I the really hall was monitor. way too good in school. You were the hall monitor. I don't know how I somehow became a libertarian. He was the patrol. 
I was a, I was a patrol. I, some people call them hall monitors. We were called patrols, but yeah. All right. Well, Dennis, thanks for the call. We got, we got another call. I'm going to check them out. Thanks. Sounds good. Caller, you are on the air at Free Talk Live. We're about yeah, to go hello? to the break. We're about to go to break, but what did you want to talk about? We can hold you over. Uh, I had some ideas for uh, the Gay Talk Live. Oh, oh, excellent. Hold on to those ideas for Gay Talk Live. We'll be right back and talk to you after the break, okay? This is Free Talk Live. You can call in and talk about anything you like at 603-435-1105. You are listening to Free Talk Live. This is your host, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And you can visit newegg.freetalklive.com. This will take you to the Newegg site. And any purchases you make, a percentage of each sell will go to support cdevolution.org. And cdevolution.org is an organization that helps to support people who are in jail for civil disobedience in a number of different ways. Sometimes they get legally involved and help provide legal support. Sometimes they... It might be taking care of a pet while someone is in, is in jail because they engage in an act of civil disobedience, disobeying bad laws, or it might be you know, helping someone make their rent payments when they're not able to work because they're in jail, things like that. So again, newegg.freetalklive.com. It won't cost you a penny more, but a, pen, a percentage of your sales will help CD Evolution. So we've got James in Louisiana on the line, and he has got suggestions for uh, what we are currently calling, for lack of a better term, Gay Talk Live. James in Louisiana, you're on the air. Oh, hey. Hey, uh, Stephanie. Hey, Connor. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing doing well. Uh, yeah, I just had just a, a few names for, for what you might call it. All right, I'm going to write these um, down. Dale's got his little right, notebook. Uh, I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding it up right, for the cam. So, first one is Free G- GLBT. Free GLBT. Uh, I oh, like that. oh, that's not bad. It's got a nice I ring like to it. Uh, the GLBT Drive. GLBT Drive. Uh, GLBT Past, Present, Future. Past, Present, and Future. Uh, we could get all, all, all historical. Talk about the Stonewall <laughs> riots. Yeah. Uh, GLBT Here and Now. Hmm. What about and Q? The last one. Yeah, GL. You got to work the Q in there. <laughs> Q? It's an alphabet soup. Well, um, as long as we're at it, then we also have to. Put, Q is uh, queer, right? Q, Q is questioning, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was queer. I don't G-O- think you get a letter until you decide. <laughs> okay, you're fine to question. Look, you get to question all you want. You're, it's, it's a free world. Okay, you get to like not be sure if you're gay or not, but you don't get a letter until you figured it out. That's the rule. You can't be perpetually questioning. No. <laughs> you can't laying be down the law agnostic. here. Dale, okay, the you don't get a letter. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. No. What was that? No. Okay. So I'm sorry. That I got GLBT past, out. present, future, <laughs> and then what was the one after that? Uh, GLBT here and now. Then the last one I have is completely GLBT. Completely. I like these are cool yeah. kind of names for a, for like a GLBT podcast. But I'm I'm hoping to work in like the fact that it's a liberty uh, approach to those issues. You know, completely GLBT. But I'm writing these down. These are good. I special. I kind of like uh, free like free GLBT is my favorite so far because that that brings in liberty. 
3G LBT, and it rings. It rings. It's kind of rhymes, and it it rings, and it rolls. Yeah. So that's good. Great suggestions. Great suggestions. Do you have anything else on on your mind on your mind tonight? Uh, not right now. No. Yeah, y'all are doing great. All right, James. I hope you're listening when we have our first live. podcast of that sort and that you'll call in we don't have um we haven't set a timer thing yet we've been we're talking to ian about possibly using the studio for it and uh, he seems fairly receptive to that idea and uh, so if we do that then we'll need to work out time that uh, syncs up with other things and hopefully is at a time when people will want to be listening and and can call in so we'll look into all that before we decide but neil will probably be on i will almost certainly be on uh, most at least most of the time and uh, we'll have other people on, and maybe Stephanie will join us sometime. Sure. We can uh, get Buzz in on this, too. She's B. Oh, yeah. In the G-O-B-T. <laughs> uh, and I'm G. And Neil is, I, uh, Neil is um, R, R, R-Q. Gender anarchist. Neil is R-Q. <laughs> I love that. Gender As long as you're doing it, we should put in R-Q for Rice Queen. Rice Queen. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank you. We don't know any, um, I don't know any trans people in the Free State Project. Do you guys know anybody? Um, I don't know any. Thanks, thanks for the call. Trans. Yeah, I don't. Well, I'm sure there will be. I mean, as as you know, as we get there, more people, there and, will be. I do know of one trans in the in the sort of in the movement that's on uh, the Free Talk Live, on the Free Talk Live message boards. Uh-huh. So uh, again, we talked earlier on the show about bbs.freetalklive.com. You can go to the forum and talk with other fans of the show and listeners and speaking about all sorts of, of things. And, speaking of, uh, and I believe she goes by Lady Atlas. Oh yes, yes. Cool. I've, I've am, read I, her am, I, am I doing it right? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, identifies. Uh, I believe as female. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I've yet to uh, get in contact with her. Should uh, get her to call in. Call in, Lady Atlas, yeah. if you want to, <laughs> uh, and and certainly be paying attention if you care to uh, call into the to the live podcast once we do it. Again, we don't have a time for you yet. We don't have a date or a time yet. We still have to work that out, mm-hmm. but we are working it out, and there'll be further news to follow since we have it. But um, I kind of like free L- free GLBT. I do. Yeah. I, I like the ring of that. I I, I you know what been... I, I might like better is free LGBT. It just kind of free LGBT the consonant. Free G- yeah, and, uh, just switching little... around the letters a little bit. Yeah. Free bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Uh, call in at six zero three four three five eleven zero five. The phone lines are open. You can get through. Unlike other stations where you'll sit on hold, go through a screener, and maybe not still not get through after you get yep. many 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 busy signals. You can get through at Free Talk Live again six zero three four three five eleven zero five. Well, I've I've got a story pulled up here. Um, I don't want to go on to that story yet. I want to hear no. more about the Silly Club. <laughs> more about the Silly Club. Oh gosh, I, I'm going to have to go uh, go in the way back machine. <laughs> we, we, well, you we, said you built cities on your desk. We would did build you, cities did, on our desk. Yeah. The teachers would tell us to tear them down, and and uh, you know, in the following days, we did would you make a little Godzilla slowly by slowly when she told you to do that. <laughs> No, actually, that would have been a good idea. I'm going to have to do that then. But yeah, I just like, but see, I don't, I don't have these like childhood rebellion stories. Well, I must, I must have some, but I'm sure everyone does. But like you guys, like like Dennis who called in, and you, you know, we're kind of, it's, it, it, this feels a little disingenuous. Dennis is here in the studio, and we asked him <laughs> to call in because he was talking to it. It was staged, okay? But it's okay because listen, like we admit it. We, 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 he was talking to us at dinner about these stories, and we're like, oh man, that just that's awesome. Like we're talking about childhood rebellion and and Neil's stories of childhood rebellion, and we were like, you need, you just, you just need to call in. You know, go over there, 
call us in and, and but anyway yeah so but to hear these stories about like from you and from dennis about these like you guys were real rebels oh well, we know? had pine cone fights with um the serious club which is was the serious club. The, the serious club. There was we not had a serious club. We had rivals. Yeah, we labeled them the serious. Oh, you okay? The serious club. Like, they had their own name for it. Um, uh, I well, love this. What was their name? Oh gosh, I can't even recall. They were like the best club. We're the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try and push them into the tires on the playground that contained all sorts of dog fecal matter and stuff. Sometimes we. Were. Oh, gross. <laughs> I, I, there was a lot at stake. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm, I want to. I got to come up with something. I'm trying to think what I did as an act of childhood rebellion. I remember starting a fire in the woods. Really? Uh, we just started a fire in the woods. But this is just kids playing. It wasn't so much an act of rebellion or anything. We just wanted to go have fun, and we didn't want to get caught. And we started a fire in the woods, and it was a fairly big fire, and we had to put it out and everything without any water or anything. And I think we saw helicopters flying over and stuff, and we we're like, "Holy crap! They're gonna see smoke, <laughs> and then they're gonna call the police." And you know, and so we like putting a fire out real quick and then running back to the apartment complex. It was in the woods, like outside the apartment complex where I lived at the time. And I remember running back and like throwing my clothes in the laundry and sitting there thinking, my stepmother's going to smell the smoke. And there's my, my clothes just reeked of smoke, you know? Oh. And uh, so I was like, she's going to smell that and wonder what the heck's going on. But and nothing came of it. You, you played with fire. I played with explosions. I had... Oh, so uh, did my dad. Sorry, go ahead. I, I had my own game um, called uh, Ant Jihad. And so I would take an ant from one ant colony, uh, <laughs> tape it oh. to the bottle rocket, uh, to a bottle rocket, and stick it upside down into the ant hill of another colony. <laughs> oh Dude. <laughs> Suicide bombings uh, against ants. You were way intellectual for a kid. I was not thinking about, like, jihad and terrorists and... You yeah you're so nerdy. When, when I was in the sixth grade, I subscribed to the Socialist Labor Party newsletter. Had it sent to my parents' house. I'm sure uh, I got them on all sorts of lists. But. You're way too smart for the stuff you're doing, Neil. You realize that? Thank yeah, you. You're Thank way you. Ahead of your t- there was there was someone uh, I knew who in high school um, was one of these rebellious kids, and his school had like an anti-hat policy. And so one day he decided it was going to be like the the hat civil disobedience day, and he made all these flyers that had like ten origami steps to like making a paper hat so that everybody could wear paper hats. And step number like it, it had like fold this, do this, and then step ten was like stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that. I want more tales of childhood rebellion. Call in with your yes. tales of childhood rebellion. You, well, you, you, you can't now. call in now. <laughs> Don't call in now. It's like could, but about the, be a this, short this tale. show's almost over. No, Ian always says, "Oh, there's still time for your call," but. No, there's not time for your call, unfortunately. <laughs> but I do want to hear more tales of childhood rebellion, maybe in another show. Um, that's a shame we can't get to them right now. But I love the Silly Club. Mm-hmm. To yeah. be continued next time. I think you should have made a little Godzilla when she told you you had to tear the city down. Burn the city down in yeah. the classroom. This has been your host, uh, Dale. And Stephanie. And Neil. And uh, stay tuned for Gay Talk Live, which might be free GLBT. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your Sunday. 